A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. must see the central narrative that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. Garrett Ziegler is the founder of the Marco Polo Research Group. He is the author of the report on the Biden laptop. And uh, there it is. Beautiful. And you were just talking about the work you're currently doing on the Larry Ray sex cult. Yeah, we are diving into this accidentally released client list for a for a, a, a woman who was basically pimped out by her friend's dad. Larry Ray moved into his daughter's dorm on the campus of Sarah Lawrence College and proceeded to basically brainwash a half a dozen of these kids. They were shit libs to begin with, okay? They, yeah, Sarah Lawrence is really something. Yeah. They, Sarah Lawrence is as liberal as it gets. Yeah, it's it's the most expensive school in the nation. It's like 83 grand with room and board. Is totally, that how much it is Totally now? inappropriate for the, the, the quality of the education they're getting. And again, these people are mostly shit libs, and so they're easily brainwashable. That's not a word, but I just made it so. I think it is a word. Brainwashable to begin with. And so there's a lot of wrinkles to this story. A lot of the people who were victimized and really hurt are not with us politically, but we still think it's a, it's a, it's a, a good thing to talk about because uh, he basically extorted this girl, Claudia Drury, for $2.5 million, and where our interest lies is not rehashing that, which has been somewhat covered in a Hulu documentary, but rather going through this client list that the prosecutors accidentally published on the public docket. It was supposed to be filed under seal. There are 121 names on it. Every big outlet in the country has this list along with us because we were – I clicked the thing on Pacer like immediately. <laughs> it, was, it was only up for like 20, 20 minutes, right? But we, we snagged it, and uh, it has two married couples – 
It has a retired New York Supreme Court judge. It has somebody who is on the uh, the Epstein Black Book list and also was friends with Glenn Maxwell. His name is David Wassong. And so what we've been doing on our website, MarcoPoloUSA.org, is basically making flyers for the people that we can positively identify on this list uh, to humiliate them in short <laughs> because they're not going to be held legally accountable. I have zero hope in any law enforcement entity in New York State holding anybody accountable. So they're just going after the, you know, they're just going after low hanging fruit. Why don't in prostitution busts, why don't they go after the Johns? Yeah, that is really crazy. And that's something that we see with the Ghislaine Maxwell stuff. You know, uh, it's basically become a meme at this point that Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein were the only two people (laughs) to um, be running a prostitution ring with apparently no clients. Yeah. Uh, What's that? The, The crippled British man who talks with the machine. Um, uh, Stephen Hawking. Yes, uh, <laughs> he was there. He was I'm there. Jim was Bob right. did an amazing cartoon of him. He's like, uh, he's like, I would like to tell you about my island vacation because he he went to Epstein Island. Stephen Hawking did. You know the guy who. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not making fun of his condition. I'm making fun of his leftism and and sins. But his uh, his, that list. You know, everybody's like, where's the Epstein client list? And the only thing we have right now is the Larry Ray sex cult list. So we think this is like. The other, I won't call it the next best thing because I don't think it's appropriate, but it is it is something that we have access to that not enough people are talking about. And it, it ensnares like former Fox News producers. It has the whole, it doesn't discriminate between political ideology, wealth, uh, et cetera. So we've, ident- we've identified probably 45 of the 121 because what we don't want to do is say that somebody was on it and really wasn't. Mm-hmm. We're very, very conservative because yeah. – I would sue someone if they told if they said that I was on this list and I wasn't. So we're we're trying to like find five data points that they have to be from the New York City area. They have to be in you know there at the time that Claude Drew is being pimped out and all these things. So that's what we're doing on the side, Marco Polo. But today, uh, five hours ago, uh, we received another letter that Hunter is in, the president of or son of the U.S. president is intending to sue us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he wrote us another letter, but we, of course, ignored it because um, I detest him. But I think they're really serious now. I mean, we've really gotten under his skin, and he's threatened to sue nobody else. Again, mm-hmm. he's just countersuing J.P. McIsaac. J.P. McIsaac sued him, which I, quite frankly, didn't agree with. But Hunter's just defending himself in that suit and filing a counterclaim. We're the only other entity that he's he's willing to go after because we humiliated Kevin Morris so badly. Yeah. Who's funding everything. The Hollywood scumbag. Let me um yeah, let's get into that letter in a second, but uh this is something that I've thought about in prior interviews before. You know, you just mentioned that what you're going to try to do with this um Larry Ray sex cult list is kind of publicize yeah, who's the names the and the PII of these people so that uh, the public does at least know that these people are involved in this, right? Yes. Because you're uh, anticipating the fact that there may be no legal justice. Yeah, they're going to get away with it. <laughs> right. So what do you, um, and uh, again, I think that that's probably the right thing. What does it say? Uh, how do you think of the the ethics here? Because a lot of people would say that uh, it's wrong to expose these sorts of people, to go after them in public. This is a shame campaign. If the law is not going to handle it, then they get away with it. We see that it's a common thing now where people just get away with stuff. Yeah. If that report didn't exist, 
the public would not know anything about the Bidens. Well, I think they would know something, but it would be half-assed. Pardon my French. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the public reporting that we've seen on this laptop so far has been from people who source that material from Marco Polo's research. Is that yeah. right? Well, I mean, Miranda think, Devine kind of has her own thing going yes, on. Yes, Miranda Devine wrote a very good book, and it was very well written, and I really, uh, really think she did a, a good job. What we were – our goal, though, was so different because it wasn't in a book format. Mm-hmm. Our our goal was to put the emails and the photos <laughs> and the screenshots of the videos and the bank transfers in the report itself. So there's only – of the 640-plus pages – there's only about 375 of writing. Mm-hmm. The other is all exhibits. Mm-hmm. So that's how I justify it to people. If they say, you know, I don't want to read 600 pages. Well, I, I tell them that it's not, it's not a, uh, a Dickens novel with no, no illustrations. There's, <laughs> there's plenty for your eyes here as yeah. opposed to just, you know, black, you know, black words on a white sheet of paper. And so our goals were different than Miranda's, and I think they're complementary. I really do. I don't. I don't see anybody as, as as competition in this. We're not in. We're not in the news business, so we have really nothing to break. We have written new stuff and worked with a writer uh, from the from the U.S. Sun, Alex Diaz. Uh, he's actually British, half British, half Spanish. But we've we've worked with him a lot and put out a lot of new stuff when we got into the iPhone backup. I remember telling you about that at the time last summer. But uh, to go back to the other, uh, you know point you made about ethics i believe in the value of shame shame yes. is a natural emotion we feel because the law is written in our hearts so people can sort of uh they can uh, what's the they can sear their conscience if they do enough evil things over an extended amount of time they can sear their conscience to where they no longer know right from wrong but at yeah. one time they did know right from wrong and shame is a reaction to knowing you did wrong and so if that's what they're mad about, that Marco Polo is doing its mission and creating shame in the hearts of people who did horrible things, then I, uh, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. If, and if somebody has a philosophical opposition to using uh, shame, then I don't think they know history or the Bible or any other uh, or most other sacred texts. That shame is what they feel. Mm-hmm. So I can't force anybody to feel shame. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we're coming across that with Hunter. We're we're trying to reach a level of shame, and he's almost shameless. Uh, but with these other people, yes, we 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 will hit shame because they haven't seared their conscience completely. For example, one of the Johns who gave Claudia Drury, you know, fifty grand, is named Stuart Pilch, and he serves on a military. He serves on on the board of trustees for a military prep academy here in Texas. Mm-hmm. And we send it to the entire faculty in, PT, wow. in PTA, our flyer of him. And so how he's still on that board of trustees is beyond me because he was named in the trial. It wasn't just our exhibit that outed him and our flyer. He was named in the trial. So how he is on a board of trustees, which is supposed to mold young men here in Texas to go to probably one of our service academies is a joke. So yeah, he absolutely needs to be kicked off. If he's not going to be, you know, held account legally, he has to be held account socially. Yeah, and I think shame is very important. And if you lose shame, you lose the ability. You know, not everything has a legal solution. Right. A lot of these people are going to get away with it legally, and so shame is another tool imbued, I think, by God, or if you have, or you know, another person could say the human condition to uh, 
course correct ourselves that when mm-hmm. we feel shame we say you know we we think we ought not do that anymore that's right. evil that's a bad thing to do so yes i think marco polo is in the shame creating business if there is a business to our nonprofit <laughs> research group it's to find people who have obviously gotten away with stuff mm-hmm. and create some amount of shame in their hearts so that they turn away from their despicable behavior of selling out your country, laundering money, using women for pure sexual pleasure. That is the wrong thing to do. So, you know, hopefully they they take that shame to heart. But if they just lash out at me and threaten to sue me personally or my group, that means that they're an immature person, that they haven't, you know, that, 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 that they're only, you know, half a man. I don't want to quote Aristotle because I think he had a lot wrong, but you know, some ancient Greek philosophers will say that is somebody who is not fully formed right? because they don't have the rational faculties to sit back and examine what Marco Polo is saying without getting mad at the person. Um, you know, I bet, I bet some version of Hunter could sit down and read this report and say, holy shit, this was a total mess I created, but his ego is prohibiting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we um, discount, shame as a tool these days you know that's the last thing you're supposed to do you're not supposed to slut shame you're not supposed to fat <laughs> shame you're not supposed to shame anything right and well there are ways to do that, it you know we don't there are ways to do sure it. Yes. I'm, I'm just saying when you take that tool away when no when no one is allowed to judge the behavior of others what we end up with is an amoral culture and an amoral oh. society and that's what i existed in for a very long time in los angeles you know the culture that hunter is involved with in many ways, intersects the culture I was part of Bevin for many Cooney, years. The Viper Room, remember that? I don't remember that no, from no, my no, LA no. experience. I remember, but, it. but but you know what the Viper Room of is, of course. Yeah, and, yeah. And Bevan owned that, and it's uh, Bevan Cooney. I've, obviously, I've spent, been there. Spent time times. in the clink, uh, and Bevan Cooney released his emails to Peter Schweizer, so he thinks that he was the the fall guy. And obviously, we've reached out to Bevan a half a dozen times. He won't return my calls. He doesn't want to talk. He's scared. Um, he did that when Trump was still in office. Pretty but, much everybody should be scared of Marco Polo, I would think. Well, no, they shouldn't be scared of me. If they've I mean, done terrible things, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think that Bevan Cooney should should uh, talk. I mean, that is his wife's already divorced him. That's the one protection people have, and they don't realize it. I know. Right? Being publicly upfront with all this stuff. Tony B did. is Exactly. Yes. And that's, you know, at that point, you've basically taken away the the blackmail and the compromise aspect right it's like i'm it's already out there you know so if you're going to go after me i guess you can go after me if that's what you intend to do but it's being public and being willing to say all this stuff that actually provides some level of protection for people who actually know where the bodies are buried and what sorts of things powerful families do yeah that's a very good point we put that in our report i can't I'm going to try to find the exact page on it. Um, it's about how you – it's towards the end. It's about how uh, the power of blackmail decreases when you release it. Yes. For, you know, for example, here uh, – Well, are you familiar with the concept? I think you are. Blackmail maybe you inflation. And I, yeah, blackmail inflation and the blackmail market, right? Yeah, that's People footnote can, 1838. Footnote on, 1838. On page I mean, 573. Um, for, for example, we, uh, we said the Biden laptop was ripe for a thorough exposition. In fact, publishing material from the Biden laptop lessens any potential blackmailers power as the threat of disclosure is no longer in their arsenal. I mean, 
this is one historical point I want to I want to point out. Remember, mm-hmm. there was all that liberal craze about Alexander Hamilton a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, that, that play by all those. Uh, some of them were good actors, but a lot of them were mediocre. They just happened to be a leftist. But they, you know, Alexander Hamilton's career was based on blackmail in large part. He really? was having an affair with the wife of a uh, uh, Washington politico and he was paying off the guy to not disclose it. And so what I want everybody at home to at least recognize is that this has been imbued in our nation's history from the very beginning. Alexander freaking Hamilton was engaged, was being blackmailed. Literally he was shelling out, you know, what the 2023 20, equivalent of tens of thousands of dollars to the husband of this dude he was, or uh, to the husband of this woman he was banging. Uh, you would have just made some news. Yeah. I have no evidence that Alexander <laughs> Hamilton was gay. There probably were some American founders that were, that were bisexual, but I, that hasn't come out yet. Um, the letters haven't been discovered. They probably were burned, but the, you know, Alexander Hamilton is like ground. It's like day one for us. So think about it. We go from Alexander Hamilton all the way to Joey B's son, arguably the most degenerate and pathetic first child we've ever had in American history. Mm. I mean, Amy Carter, we thought Amy Carter was pathetic because she got kicked out of Brown. Um, the exact wording was that she decided not to return. Ah. The Brown president had to say, I don't want to embarrass you, but you can't come back. So Amy Amy Carter decided not to return. She was smoking dope on campus and was doing all these sit-ins. Just She was a commie in her youth. But we thought Amy Carter was pathetic. This was, this was before I was born. And now you have Robert Hunter Biden, who we have all of these things on video doing. And so I think that like making the connection between Alexander Hamilton's position and Hunter Biden, both being blackmailable targets, I'm not comparing the two's intellect. I'm saying I'm well, saying one of them's the smartest man that Joe knows. Yes. One and, of them was declared the smartest man the U.S. president is. I bet Alexander Hamilton wasn't declared the smartest man yeah. George Washington knows. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 historical aspect is one aspect that I want to hammer on in this report, which is, you know, we're going for a second printing now. We sold out of all twenty nine hundred because people realize that this has never been done before in. In the time the guy's in office. So usually these types of dossiers about an American president come out 20, 30 years later yeah. when the National Archives are opened and everything else. But now we have the ability and desire to look at all this stuff in a contemporary mode. It's been less than four years since Hunter dropped off his laptop. The uh, shit poster from the Washington Post called Matt Visor, who's a terrible human being, very ugly man actually, both inside and out. He published lies today saying that Hunter dropped off his laptop five years ago. He doesn't even know the basic timeline. This stuff is fed to him from Kevin Morris himself. And because he has a byline at the Washington Post, people think he's authoritative. I hope somebody sends him this clip. I would like to, I would, I would probably beat him up if I saw him. Um, <laughs> Matt, Matt Visor is a terrible human being. And uh, the, the point of bringing, he's, he just doesn't know anything. Remember that quote from Ben Rhodes? He's like the average mm. reporter we talk yeah. to today is 25 and they literally know nothing. That's one of my favorite quotes from any Obama flaky. You would think that more people would pay attention to that <laughs> when they are still imagining that the New York Times and the Washington Post are authoritative news sources that can be trusted. How many Generous. times does the public need to learn that lesson? It really is unbelievable to he me. He was very transparent in that that episode. I cannot believe he gave that quote to a book. That's a beautiful quote. It's the most beautiful thing that Ben Rhodes has ever said. That the average reporter today, like, because this was what what issue were they covering? It's a beautiful day in Austin, by the way. It really is. Um, uh, the the issue I can't remember. Oh, it was the Iran deal. 
They were trying to convince reporters that the Iran deal is good. I actually am with Pat Buchanan on this. I think the Iran deal is a lot better than what a lot of conservatives give it credit for. Um, there's many things to attack Hussein on, i.e. being in his third term right now. It's not the Iran deal. But anyways, Ben Rhodes was saying, yeah, we can just tell them anything and they'll, they'll believe it because these reporters know nothing. They don't, they don't know any history. Yeah. Like they just go to journalism school. They are essentially just publishing press releases for yes. these politicians. Yeah, that's the what Matt Weiser is over what's going on, and then they just yeah. put it into their reports. Yeah, they never ask me for comment. So we're the only entity being threatened by Hunter. We're getting under his skin because we made no stupid mistakes so far. Everything has been there, – there's not been – the letters he sends me do not cite statutes that I violated. So there's nothing in here for him – there's no hook – in this dossier for him to latch on to. So now they're just saying I'm invading his privacy. This is a 52 year old man. Can you imagine being 52. And so I, I hope he watches this. I'm told Kevin Morris listens to every podcast I do. So Kevin Morris, if you're listening to this, imagine having a soap, your client is so pathetic that he's a 52 year old male <laughs> and his daddy is the president. And he's asking his father's agency. He's basically tattling on a 27 year old to go mm. after his very, very small nonprofit research group. He, he's pathetic. The guy's a total loser. So, yeah, I hope Hunter sues me. It'll be fun. And they're in the process of doing that, right? Do you want to bring up this letter? Yeah, the, the letter from Abby. Should I pull it up? Yeah. Just There's no – Pull up the um, – Hesitation here? Yeah, no, pull up, pull is... up the, uh, the, the, the claims that, I, that he cites that I made, which is Hunter uh, engaged in sex trafficking at least four times. So he, this is it right here. Are you seeing it? There's like a 10 second delay between. Oh, okay. Between the. Um, yeah, and that feed that you're watching, yeah. All good. Okay, cool. So once um, I once I see it, I can go. So he again demands that I issue a public apology to Robert Hunter Biden, and that I retract my statements, which of course will never happen. Uh, well, you also don't have any reason to apologize or to retract. Of anything. course not. They didn't say I said anything false. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's is, unfortunate that it's happening to yeah, them. I they, guess. They cite a. Have you ever seen Full Metal Jacket? Yes, not in so, a while. But so yes. look at footnote number one. They cite a letter from this Patrick Berge guy who I met once in my life, who's oh. basically taking Hunter Biden's side uh, in this saga. It's a really weird chain of events. Like he holds he holds himself out to be a patriot but patrick burge a burgie's like that washed up private on um on full metal jacket i just feel i sort of pity the guy because he wrote this letter tattling on me to the assistant attorney general for the national security division matthew olson that's what that first footnote is about again i didn't get the laptop from tori moras and he's he's including secondhand hearsay chris in a letter to the attorney general to the assistant attorney general and that's his claim is that you got the laptop from Tory? Yeah, I didn't get it from Tory. We know who. So it's all ridiculous. These people don't reach out to me. They just spread lies. They never reach out to me for comment beforehand to see if what they're saying is true. And they never they never uh, provide any evidence. So like with the Jack Maxey thing and the Patrick Berge thing, they provide no hard evidence of, of the uh, crimes that they think I've committed in doing this. So again – we put emails on our website, bidenlaptopemails.com. That's really pissed off Hunter and his attorneys because it, it's 128,000 emails. Yeah, we're the only group to have done that. I'm very proud of it. WikiLeaks should have done it. They didn't do it. We did. 
And I wish that WikiLeaks would upload his entire laptop contents because they have the tech infrastructure to do that. We are still working on a website called Biden Laptop Media, mm-hmm. which will be the genitalia redacted photos and videos from the laptop. It'll probably break the internet. Well, we're going to be uploading every single photo and video with a purple dolphin covering the genitalia. But It's not going to be Hunter, Hunter's uh, jacked up teeth this time? Uh, that was a good one for the report. That's probably pissed him off too. But look, they just quote what I say, that uh, claiming Mr. Biden committed FAR violations, money laundering, sex trafficking, and civil RICO violations. On a, I didn't say civil RICO violations. There's no such thing. RICO is a criminal statute, so they misquoted me. Well, on a podcast with Roger Stone, they, they said we got into his iPhone backup. That was There's a whole hubbaloo about Jack Maxey saying there's 450 extra gigabytes. It's all bullshit. The original laptop that was given to Mac Isaac, and Mac Isaac on multiple occasions has spoken to this in interviews and mm-hmm. true social posts. The original Mac that was given to the shop owner didn't have the capacity to hold 450 gigabytes. So uh, what they were alluding to probably, what Maxie got twisted up in the wires of his synapses, which are frying by the day, is there was an iPhone backup containing 29 gigabytes that was password protected. We found the password in the keychain. Anybody who has a Mac knows that there's this keychain thing where you hold your passwords. Well, we got the password. It was Julia is 26 exclamation point capital J. So long story short, Julia sounds a little too old. For, Julia is ba- is the English is, is the Americanized uh, name of the woman who's Ukraine. He's, she's from Ukraine. Her name is Yulia Anakina, and she was a hooker that Hunter solicited in New York State from a known human trafficker named Moreva Ekaterina, who runs a service called UberGFE.com, which is the same as Backpage, which should have been seized yesterday. In fact, in our report, we say that should be one of the priorities. UberGFE, girlfriend experience, Mm -hmm. should be seized immediately. There's women from all over the globe in each, like they have like six American cities. I wonder if Austin's one of the cities. We could probably bust them tonight. Um, (laughs) But but if any FBI or HSI people want to do their job today, they can go on UberGFE.com gfe.com look it up and say and see that this was the site that hunter biden gave over fifty thousand dollars to and we know that some of that money was from joey so joey b goes on his book tour his book's called promise me dad joey b wires hunter the money and hunter buys foreign hookers through uber gfe and some of that cut goes to Mareva e katarina it's all backed up in our dossier it's all we just follow the paper trail. I became an expert in Venmo. I know so much about Venmo, man. Venmo <laughs> is a PII haven. We've the people that we haven't been able to find in other venues are on Venmo. And guess what? Venmo, if you don't make it private, shows who you're paying, when and for what services yeah. and how much. It's yeah. a gold mine. All these hookers that he Venmoed, we know that we can create a link analysis between the hooker and find out who the pimps are. So that's what we my job is not in any way sexy. My job every day is basically looking at county property records and being a watchdog group. The only the only difference is is that we don't have some stupid gay bureaucracy over our heads that I get to do it from my home office. So what you have is the um the copy of the lap of, yeah, the, hard of the hard drive. drive, yes, sir. And then the rest of it is just open source intelligence yes. and putting things together with public records and yep. available knowledge. Exactly. And, and we people- have a contract with a private investigator to run background checks on certain people. Um, and that is for cases where 
they've intentionally scrubbed their online presence. But this is still just stuff that a normal journalism. Totally. Uh, Every single newsroom in America has the resources we do. In fact, they have more. Of course. We have a very low budget. We used a tool called Leadership Connect for a while, but it was going to be six grand a year. And we had a donor cover it last year, but we didn't this year. We couldn't find a donor for it. So um, we've been without that. But uh, we did a scrape of the data before we before we had to give it up. <laughs> but basically, yeah, we are our, our method is I basically have two gifts. I, I'm not good at math. I didn't want to go to law school anymore. I have two gifts. Number one, I'm a good writer. Number two, I keep digging when other people give up. Mm. And so we found we finally, after 18 months, found a picture of the Fed, Mike Zelak, who was involved mm. in collecting Hunter's laptop. He's a agent at the Wilmington resident agency of the Baltimore field office in the FBI. And there was no pictures of him online anywhere. He deleted his Facebook account. Well, he finally found his live-in girlfriend's Facebook page and there was one photo she didn't make private. And then bam, we found more. Uh, so I was, I was so pleased with that because we didn't have a good photo of him. So then we were finally able to put the photo we found on Facebook an official recognition tool and we found two more. And so that was very important. That's going to be in the second printing. The first printing didn't have a photo of Mike Zelak. Uh, Mike Zelak, uh, of course, hates me because every week I send an email to the special agent in charge of the Baltimore field office with a link to our Substack about Mike Zelak uh, saying that he committed federal felonies in his dealing with this Biden laptop, meaning he didn't follow chain of command. They should have notified the um the ag about this because it was a politically sensitive investigation so it it um you know the the bottom line up front is our goal is granularity so we we want to unite all right-wing nerds in the country to dig into this data and everybody who has dug into biden laptop emails.com and has posted about it on twitter i reach out to almost everybody i search biden laptop emails.com on twitter and then if people find something interesting I DM them and say, hey, would you like to collaborate with our research group? And I always try to meet people where they are. I always try to find people like with our report, with this drafting of the report. I tried to find people's natural interests, things they naturally Mm -hmm. gravitate to, Mm -hmm. and then ask them to do research digs on those things. Because I have found that if you let people dig on what they really want to, as opposed to maybe just what they're willing to help you with, you'll get much better findings out of it. It's a very I, – I, I might be sounding very uh, – uh, not obscure, but, but very uh, heady here. But my, my basic point is I've been able to construct a team. That's been my gift, and you know mostly all of them. Sure. I've been able to construct a team of very good professional dudes where there's no drama, and we're all committed to exposing Joey's fraudulent regime. I mean this is a joke. I mean he can't even walk. Do you see the picture yesterday coming off the plane? It's unbelievable. It was, I mean, he has Louis bodies. Every day the neurons are dying. It just The front of his head is just becoming mush. Let me also ask you this, and I think I've heard you talk about this before, but if it was just the moral crimes on the laptop, you may not have bothered. No, right? it would have been not. it would have been important. It would yeah, have mattered. It would have been worth a couple sub stacks. So, yeah. And it would have <laughs> like it would have kind of fleshed out who Joe Biden was and what that family life really is, because we've been lied to about that for 50 years. But it wouldn't have been the same level of priority. You may not have devoted your life to it for two plus years. What is the but what's the meat there that you really wanted to get into? What makes this important? Makes it important because. Joey's decisions will reverberate for decades, maybe even a century. We have no clue what the 
ultimate consequences of the botched Afghanistan withdrawal is going to be. Mm -hmm. So it is worth our time to dig into the man who has more power than anyone else on planet Earth and figure out who he is, what kind of children did he rear, what does he find important, um, who are they in touch with. And so if this were a senator's son, the the level of detail we would go into would not match it because their potential impact on world history and American history would be relatively limited. But Joey's impact on U.S. history and world history is still being calculated. It could have a profound impact. And so if you're interested in, you know, if, if someone's interested in uh, geopolitics as I am and, and public corruption, there's really nothing higher than the U.S. president. I mean, imagine if the mayor of Austin was this corrupt and had this corrupt of a son. It would be interesting, but his damage could only go so far. Maybe mm -hmm. he ruins the state of Texas or the U.S. South. But Joey is doing stuff all around the globe every single day that will have negative consequences. And, and it's not just moral crimes on oh, the hard drive. No, we like, put it in, 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 in order of importance. So – the business crimes is the longest section and the most important section, Chris. And then it goes sex crimes, sex-related crimes, and then drug-related crimes. And we think that that's the, that's the order of importance to the American citizenry. And so the business-related crimes are things that, that affected Joey's public office mm -hmm. that enriched his family. Yeah. He was selling his public office and has yeah, for we decades have Yeah, we have, we have emails that prove that Hunter's job – was to influence uh, certain actions that other people wanted him to take. And he was able to do that because his dad was VP, most notably in Ukraine, but also in China. Joey has been increasingly soft on China ever since the dawn of the, uh, you know, the WTO agreement. Joey B was instrumental in getting China into the World Trade Organization. How anybody could be proud of that and not we should be talking about that every single day right and so correlation does not imply causation but i'm saying that we can craft a track of joey b getting more friendly on china with hunter biden's business relationships in number and scope with chinese oligarchs that is news for any other u.s president people would be investigating that but it takes us and a few other people like Miranda Devine and other writers to really dig into the Bidens at a very granular level. Josh Boswell from the Daily Mail has been focused on mm -hmm. it. He's been doing good work. Um, but that's sort of the backdrop. We wanted to – and if, if anybody hates me personally, that's fine. But, the, but you, they would have to admit that the report is making an impact because we're getting threatened by Hunter himself. Mm -hmm. If we were just pissing in the wind and nobody was listening to what we were putting out, Hunter would not bother. Right. But it's because we're right over the target that he feels so threatened. Um, and I take pride in that. So let's dive in wherever you want to go. Yeah. First. You know, so I, I posted this quote on Twitter the oh, other day. It's on page 17 gonna, of the report. I'm going to see the comments come in. Okay, cool. Is that up? You good? Well, I, yeah. I don't know so, how to see the live Oh, go to live chat. There you go. Okay. So the, the quote in the report you wrote, the Biden laptop was a modern Rosetta Stone of white and blue collar crime yep. under the patina of the Delaware Way. Prior to the discovery of the Rosetta Stone, a number of ancient languages were mere gibberish and hash marks. Similarly, with the laptop, 
we were able to illuminate previous convoluted network webs of people leading the charge for global governance. And that is absolutely key. <laughs> Additionally, the metadata on the laptop can inform other investigations. Truly, the Biden laptop can be considered a translation tool for open source intelligence gathering into the future. After pouring over 200 gigabytes of data, Marco Polo concluded, perhaps contrary to popular belief, that there are not uh, that there are not two or three boogeymen pulling <laughs> the strings of America's decline, but rather a legion of hangers-on and grifters who rely on Joe and the entire Biden political mafia for introductions, jobs, prestige, and access. And this is how I envision the Bidens. This is, you know, what the report really fleshes out. This is what I think people have to actually understand that they don't understand because the reporting has been fragmented. It's come out over time. Yeah. There's this thing in China. There's this thing in Ukraine. There's this thing in Russia. There's the sex and the drugs. <laughs> and then there's this idea that Joe Biden is this decent family man Uncle and Joe. always has been Uncle Joe. And it's funny. I was having this conversation um Last night, you know, when you're in these sort, these certain sorts of um, social environments where you're in that more permissive environment where it's kind of do what thou wilt, right? And uh, kind of anything goes. Then when all you're doing is favor trading all the time, the people who are happy to help you advance while you help them advance in terms of the corruption and the nepotism and the favor trading, you actually do feel like these are good people. Oh, yeah, that is a very good person. He helped my daughter get into into college, yeah. right? Or he helped my son get this yeah. critical appointment in government. He's the greatest guy I've ever known. And this is, I think, the sort of decency that people are referring to when they talk about him. Like he will trade those favors. He'll hold up on his end. And that kind of like this weird proxy for honesty in a world <laughs> where morality doesn't exist. That's a very – you put that very well. I had never thought about it in those terms before. And, you know, when you have no moral law outside of yourself right. informing your behavior, yes, it's all dog-eat-dog. Dog. It's all power-hungry people, and Joey has been um, uh, powerful enough throughout his life to effectuate those favors. Um, and again – that's the only thing Joe's ever known. He's the, I mean, th step back, think about it. He's the epitome of a career politician. Mm. Everybody rails, even, even uh, Democrats, some Democrats hate career politicians. Think about how long Joey B has been in office. He is the epitome of this. It's so disgusting. And Hunter, that that's what he was tasked to do by Joe. He was the bag man, right? So right. Bowie was supposed to be the politico following in Joe's footsteps. And, you know, Ashley's been whacked out her entire life. So the only person to make money for the clan has been Hunter. So I don't think he necessarily wanted to do that. So there's got to be a little resentment at the end of the day for that Hunter has for his dad, but it pales in comparison to what his dad's public office has provided for him. And that's why in 2019, he was urging his dad to run for president. He said, in fact, you know, um, uh, this is the only way that he could be redeemed, right? Yeah, that it, the only yeah, thing if, that would if, make if, it all if, worth if it or run, something. If you run, I'll have no chance of redemption. Hey, if somebody, you don't run, I'll have no chance. Yeah, of redemption, that's what right? he said. Right, yeah, okay. which is disgusting. By, by the way, somebody on the live chat said, 
uh, Dems hate career politicians. I, uh, some of them do. I think that that was whole, AOC's key pitch. You're not talking about Democratic politicians. You're talking about like the uh, kind of the a- activist wing yes, of the party. Of course, right. they're, they're, they're left flank. And that was one of the key things that AOC ran on. And by the way, they're running on ethnic politics. AOC was like, we don't need this career politician white guy to represent us here in Brooklyn, right? So that's what I meant by that. So I don't think the person took what I said fairly. It's obviously not all Democrats take career sure. politicians, but some of them at least they, they take advantage of the anger towards career politicians to say, hey, you need to elect me as opposed to the stooge that's been in there for decades. Um, but – uh, you know, you said it best. They on the very same page that you said it's the res, that you read the Rosetta Stone uh-huh. quote. There's a phrase called the Delaware Way, yes. and that is what. And of course, Ted Kaufman, Joe's uh, wise man, they called him. Ted Kaufman said Joe created the Delaware Way, which is basically trading favors that involves both parties, uh, and he's done it for decades, and. Uh, they look the other way to it. And mm-hmm. in fact, David Weiss, the guy who's supposed to be investigating Hunter, mm-hmm. the U.S. attorney for the District of Delaware, he cited that phrase um, uh, to, in his court pleadings about Chris Tagani. So the same guy who's supposed to be investigating Hunter is the one who came up with the phrase Delaware way. That's extremely ironic considering he hasn't charged Hunter with anything. It's essentially an admission of this is how we do crime. <laughs> yes. You know, and this is nothing new. You know, I was um, I, I, I was, you know, working on the report earlier, reading through. Yes. And here's a quote that goes right to what we were just talking about. James Biden in 2005, I believe, um, setting up uh, this is 87, by the way, yeah. um, a, uh, a company called Paradigm. <laughs> the uh the employees well, of that company it. right they yes. right right and then while they were in their transition period he says to the employees of this company right yes. don't worry about investors we've got people all around the world who want to invest in joe biden we've got investors lined up in a line of 747s filled with cash ready to invest in this company and then immediately they process several several multi-million dollar carve outs with state bat state backed chinese entities which are bhr and cefc yes right that is a blatant admission that they are selling a political office for tons and tons of money that is literally what the family business is that's why he's been in politics for so long it's and I, i'm sure that we we don't have to belabor this point but back to the beginning of joe's career you know he got into political office through whatever circumstances. And his mentor in politics was Robert Byrd, who was a legitimate Grand Klegel and exalted Cyclops in the Klan. He filibustered the Civil Rights Act. Joe Biden wrote the damn bill, the crime bill. He said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. We've seen him with countless like Joe Biden, like flubs, like, oh, those are just speaking mistakes. He's not really just an old racist. They're speaking mistakes. Yeah. And this is the hero of the Democrat Party. This is the guy who got 81 million real legal American votes. It is unbelievable that the political history of this family just apparently doesn't matter to Democrats at all. Yeah. None of this stuff that's in this report matters to them. No, they're they're completely gone. Anything that Anything that helps them main, keep and maintain power, uh, they will ignore. You know, anything that helps them do that, they will pump up. And anything that challenges that, 
they will ignore or try to destroy. That's why Hunter's trying to destroy us now. I think that uh, you mentioned how Joey B got into politics. There's an amazing story. We cite the cover of the book at the at the end. It's a book called I Heard You Paint Houses, and it's about the death of Jimmy Hoffa. And they recite a story in the fall of 1971 or 72 when Joe got elected. There was a strike at the newspaper that was going to distribute negative ads against Joe. And um, the guy on his deathbed, the guy who's, who supposedly killed Jimmy Hoffa, Frank uh, Sheeran, they said that um, that basically Joe's campaign worked with the union officials to do that strike, and therefore the negative ads against Joey weren't delivered in the papers because the papers didn't run. And so this is somebody who over, um, I guess seventy-two, you know, that this is over fifty, you know, fifty years ago has been completely. Has has been like that over for, for for over fifty years. Yeah. So all of the all of the crap that he's done couldn't. It, it would be more than filling up a book. I think. It yeah. Would, it, so so this report it just to try, just includes the crimes, but there's all this other stuff. And this is only like from 2010 this, on, really. Exactly 2010 on, and in one device. So. You know, there. Lord knows, and we put that in the report. What if we got our hands on other devices from yeah. the Bidens? Yeah. Uh, this is just one device belonging to Hunter, and look how look how they're reacting. They say this isn't my laptop. It could have been my laptop. Uh, it could have been Russian intelligence. That's so ridiculous. It could have been Russian intelligence. This the sixty was it sixty minutes that he interviewed with last year after he released his book and was doing his little art show, um, the book that Drew Jubero wrote, of course. Yes. Um, where he's like, well, it could have been stolen. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Russian intelligence, or it could have been my laptop, but also it could have been stolen. Yeah. It's like, dude, how do you not even get through that? Yeah. And like, didn't you practice this excuse like a hundred times? I know. And think about if we just had the emails, Hunter would have some plausible deniability, but right. we have videos of the guy. So we have, we have evidence in every single, um, uh, medium you could imagine so yeah. if it was just whatsapp messages from hunter he could always say well somebody had my phone at the uh you know at the time and it's been spoofed and yada 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 but we have phones or you know we have entire iphone backups that have text messages photos videos it's astounding can you imagine i having that info out and still having the gall to say that this for sure we don't know for sure which material is mine and remember that letter from abby lowell to my group today they said we are neither confirming nor denying that it's these laptops or or that that, that all, the materials from Hunter's laptop. It's just we know that it's electronic data that that belonged to Hunter, but we're not going to admit that it's from his laptop. So yeah, let's let's spend a second on that because I know you talk about it on every podcast <laughs> and interview you do, but people want to know about the provenance of the laptop. Yeah. Right. So it um it has all of this. Uh, information. It gets to you guys. You are able to independently verify the information on this laptop in a multitude of different ways. Other parties have done that as well. And in some of these legal letters that they filed in the last few months, they have admitted that it's Legitimate. that the information on there is real. Yes. And so I'm confused at this point what case they're even making. They're making an invasion of privacy case. It's ah. absolutely hilarious that Hunter, a 52-year-old man, is, is has had its privacy invaded. And, you know, I'll get – this is not that technical uh, considering some of our mutual friends' technical abilities, but, he, but here's how we, quote-unquote, verified it. Along with DKIM signatures and emails, which basically is a fingerprint in an email – 
and uh, it verifies that the email was really sent from that address at that time. There are other ways to verify information. For example, the photos on Hunter's laptop, a lot of them had had EXIF data and specifically geolocation data embedded in them. So if you have a photo that has geolocation data in it and, it sh and shows the exact Latitude and longitude, Chris, what we did was then go to the calendar and see if he's where he planned to be at the time the photo was taken. Then we go to his iMessages and look at contemporary conversations. And by the way, we uploaded all of this guy's iMessages to our website, not just the emails, all of his iMessages, man, from his iPhone backup and the laptop. That's what people don't give us, uh, give us credit for. That took us literally on the emails months of time and the iMessages weeks of a time. And anybody, all we edited out was the genitalia. So of the, a lot of the women, so much genitalia of women, uh, it's in a lot of them were, I don't know why Hunter would want to be with those. You know, you'd think that with the cash he had, he would, but anyways, we, all the stuff, all the genitalia is redacted, but anybody can go read the president's messages to his son on our website, MarcoPoliUSA.org. And we think it's an incredible trove of material. And it's so much, Chris, that people have become somewhat immune to it. Yeah. Because we've posted all this stuff, they don't know where to start. So if we just posted 10 e emails at a time from Hunter Biden, I think there would be more interest. Maybe there, maybe there would, to be, to be honest, all man. All 128,000. You know, one of the weirdest things about this, um, period of time we're in is we have all this access to pretty much all the information in the world, right? Humanity has more information at their fingertips, each one of us individually, than at any time you could ever imagine. An unbelievable wealth of knowledge all the time. And all it takes is what these people believe to be an authoritative source telling them that there's something wrong <laughs> with the thing you're looking at, and you will take it because it suits your own political motivations you'll be like yeah i can't believe anything on that laptop oh yeah because it's already been it's already been said to me that it's false so anything that i see off that laptop forever i'll understand that as part of this counterintelligence operation against people like me and i'm just not going to believe it at all mm -hmm. and i mean they have a lack of curiosity a lack of curiosity it's it's some of them do you're right at uh, this point uh, yes a, a subsection it's a lack of curiosity subsection is brainwashed yeah but you're right it there, there are people on Twitter all the time that says I'm not that say I'm not going to read a damn word of that because he worked for Trump and he got the laptop yeah. through Rudy Giuliani, but they never bother to look at our report and say you know all for instance look at this look at this email on page 88 the way we included the emails in the as exhibits in this in this dossier Chris is it's very hard to spoof this. Because you have replies, man. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, first of all, the metadata is in the EML file, which we've already put on uh, BidenLaptopEmails.com. Let me meaning, pull this up for the people. Yeah. So if you just look at this this email here, it's it's really hard to spoof this email chain because you have emails from three different people, and they're all replying in a sequential manner, and they all have different devices. So sent from my iPhone, sent from sent via, sent via BlackBerry by AT&T. If you want to, by the way, Devin Archer's number is at the bottom of that. So you could, if you wanted to verify it, run Devin Archer's number and then see if it's an AT&T number. And you could do it yourself. Like we are wanting people to try to find something that's been spoofed. And to this day, not one item has been proven to be uh 
to be spoofed from this laptop. The Meaning- other funny thing about it is, though, you know, you could hand this hard drive over. Like, let's say that you're the most biased person in the world. And maybe you are biased. You're certainly biased against Hunter and Joe Biden yeah. as a product of your research and as a product of plenty of other political yeah, considerations, is, is right? A, is a cancer. Sure, I totally agree. But uh, you could still hand the hard drive over to a left-wing... I don't want to... Go ahead, just twist it a little bit. There you go. Yeah. You could hand over the uh, the hard drive to a left-wing research group, and it's still the same information. And if they wanted to compile a report, they still have the same raw materials to work with. Mm-hmm. The The laptop, the information is the information. We've gotten to this strange point where, you know, information doesn't count if it's from the other side. <laughs> information always counts. I have this thing that I talk about all the time on the podcast I talk about information among other information. The information we get is either useful or not, is valid or not. And it's only useful or valid depending on what context it's used in, right? There is signal from all over the place. And it's a matter of sorting through the information and figuring out which signal is valid and where else that signal leads you. You know, this, if the information on the hard drive is real, then as you go through it, there's only a few ways to put it together. And all of those ways lead to the Biden family having extensive criminal history of selling Joe's office and power. Yeah, There's not another conclusion to draw. Our report was written for shills like the Krasenstein brothers Mm. who tried to say yesterday that what was released by the banks was not illegal, yet it showed textbook definition of money laundering because – the payments that they were making were consulting payments, and they violated the Foreign Agent Registration Act because they didn't tell the Justice Department that they were working on behalf of these Chinese principals to, quote-unquote, spread infrastructure projects for CEFC, i.e. One Belt, One Road, across the United States. So um, the the idea that uh, – oh, and again, the Crestine brothers, based on Comer's uh, press release yesterday – said that Robinson Walker LLC was a law firm. He doesn't even know who he's talking about. That's Rob Walker. He lives on Country Club Lane in Arkansas, and he is definitely not an attorney. And that was a shell company domiciled in Delaware. It's not a law firm. But he makes mistakes like this, like you and I breathe. He 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 doesn't do any original research. He's a pure hack. Yeah. So we wrote it for for them and for a historical record. So some people get mad not at me per se, but uh, but at what we've done because they say, well, what's next, Garrett? What what can we do about this? And I say the federal government's completely comped. The only ch- and we put that in the report uh, about the people involved with the Biden's compromise. Compromise, yes. Fully. Yes. The only ch- the only chance is a state level AG prosecuting Hunter so Joey B can't pardon him. Mm-hmm. Joey B can pardon our you know all all federal crimes. So I think that can Joe pardon himself. Yes. The president can pardon himself. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm a pretty, I'm a, uh, I'm a unitary theory of the executive. I don't believe in executive, uh, like independent agencies. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy who, I love the Constitution. And I'm a constitutionalist uh, to a fault. So I think the pardon. My point going through that backstory is the pardon power is pretty absolute. You can pardon any offense against the United States, but some offenses can be charged at the state level. So you could, a U.S. attorney could charge you for murder. And somebody could pardon you, and the president could pardon you, but that that murder took place in a U.S. state. So <laughs> that state 
district attorney could charge you for the same crime and murder, and Joey Joey couldn't touch it. So I think that all the money laundering crimes and and conspiracy crimes that we lay out here um, are they're not going to be held to account by a U.S. attorney. It's going to be an AG of say Arkansas or you know Louisiana or some. Uh, even though the lion's share of the state level crimes are in California and New York. We can't rely on the attorney general of those two states to be fair yeah. and to uh, enforce the law. That's all we're asking for, by the way. If somebody just joined this this live stream and is wondering what we're what we're about, we just want the law to be enforced equally. If I did this stuff, I would have a hard time getting away with it. Jo- Hunter, this is like a normal, you know, a, a normal day for him. So I, I don't think that uh, you know we're not we're not uh, you know Hunter accused our group of being a political group. We don't endorse candidates. We don't uh, meet with poli- we don't you know meet for for political action uh, committees trying to get certain people reelected per se. All we want is the law enforced. And so Krasenstein and these other paid shills, and they are paid. We have sure. we have proof of that, like by PACs and other things. They can look at this, and we can we can lay out how this is a statute violation, and they simply will not address it. They will not even look at it. Um, they, their whole thing is amazing because, you know, this explanation that we have these suspicious activity reports, but somehow there's no proof of a crime here and that that's all that matters. Like that's not all that matters, right? Yeah, and it's their, insulting yeah. to Americans to tell them that unless you have this one thing that is immediate, like, uh, just totally locked down. Proof of a crime. Specifically, this is proof of a specific crime here that can be prosecutable right now. Unless it's that, it doesn't matter. That is absolutely well, it's crazy. Not the, it's not the, the standard they thing, have for Trump. Right. Oh, of course. But, you know, the idea that the first family is making millions of dollars from our foreign adversaries for business skills they don't possess they don't even do it and that we can only be upset about that if it is immediately prosecutable in a court of law based on the one piece of information it's just a total misdirection to their audiences i you know i say all, all the time in the podcast the the media and these politicians and the people on twitter they are insulting their own audiences so much. I mean, it's insulting to us. We find it annoying, but we're like, yes, re- these are communists. Your what do you expect? Your replies are hilarious. They're, you know, you sound vaccinated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, That's been a fun one. It's, I think it's hilarious. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you would think that they would care. Like, at some point, don't you have to care that your country's being taken away? They just deny it yeah, and deny it and deny it and deny it because they're given one reason. All they have to say is one thing. Oh, there's no proof of illegality. We can just ignore that whole thing again. It's nuts. I, I think that, you know, leftism's ideas fail and uh, uh, eventually they're going to have to move to. Leftism is a, is a gangrene that spreads quickly. And so I'm sure the scenes have already fled to Florida. Like California gets <laughs> ruined, right? And they don't Tell realize that they're probably a part of that ruining, and they'll just go to a new place and then leave Florida when leftism, when the gangrene of leftism takes over Florida. Um, and they won't, they won't uh, realize that they're the ones in part causing it. Of course. They're, they're propaganda spreaders. And, you know, we have uh, – one thing I'll say in response to a um, – uh, 
he, uh, response to one of the, the live stream comments about Rob Walker is we have a full digital colonoscopy on all these folks, Chris. Like if you go to page, um, oh, I actually had a, 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 a bookmark on it for this reason. If you go to page 62 in our dossier, mm-hmm. um, you'll see basically a, a complete rundown of who Rob Walker and his wife are. Rob Walker worked for Bill Clinton in the 90s. He's from Arkansas. He travels to this day with Slick Willie. His wife, Betsy, was was Jill Biden's personal assistant for years. And so these people are tied to the hip. So what happened is basic money laundering. The Chinese sent the money first to Rob Walker because Hunter didn't want to be tied to it directly. And then Rob Walker, like a funnel that you use in the kitchen, Rob Walker, it went in like three different directions from Rob Walker. So you have this Chinese shell company, State Energy HK Limited, goes to Rob Walker, and then Rob Walker sends cash to Hunter, Jimmy, and likely Sarah Biden. Mm-hmm. And then Hunter shares bank accounts with um, <laughs> with Hallie. And so, by the way, Hallie wasn't really involved in the businesses. Hunter told her what to do uh, in terms of business. So Hunter was like, hey, I'm just going to have this wire sent here. We're sharing the bank account anyways, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't want people to think that Hallie is this mastermind Chinese. She committed a lot of crimes, uh, but especially drug-related crimes. But uh, Hallie's not involved with the business. That would be Sarah Biden, Jimmy's wife let's jump into some of the um family tree stuff because you know again i think it's important that people understand the biden family as a political crime family because that is how they want to go to by the way hallie biden receives 35k i know that um they had a joint bank account her and hunter shared bank accounts so it was yes hallie biden got to keep some of that but hunter was directing it to her because that's what money launderers do Mm. you know so where is um it's uh 42 in the book in the uh in the book. Yeah, this is a diagram that my friend Eli put together. Um, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? I it's love fantastic. I, nobody had done this before on the first, on the first family. Everybody had done it for Trump's family, but we went in and based on Joey's three siblings, um, everybody that they've procreated with is on this. Hunter has five kids by uh, three women. Uh, and it goes through, you know, that there's a second unacknowledged daughter in the Biden family. We, we know, yeah, little cute Navy Jean in Arkansas. But there's another one we found through writing this report. Hunt, uh, Joey's youngest brother, Frankie, who is by far the stupidest one of all the <laughs> of all the people. If you go at the bottom here, if you want to zoom in at the bottom, uh, you'll see that uh, Frankie had two. Ha, he has two daughters, one through Janine Jaquette, which everybody knows about. Her name is Elena. She committed voter fraud in New Hampshire in the 2012 campaigns. Absolutely proven. Um, there's, there's an article about that. We include that in our dossier in one of the footnotes, but the other daughter, Megan Jester Walker was a love child that he had with Judy Jester, who tragically just died. She was actually eight years older than Frankie, but she's not even listed on obituaries. The Bidens refused to acknowledge her. And, uh, so Frankie mentioned her once in an online bio, but other than that, nobody will even acknowledge her. So think about, think about this. The American first family has two unacknowledged daughters in their family. And uh, I think that's sociologically something else because we're told all the time that Joe is just so relatable, like you said, so yeah. down to earth. So decent. But, but yeah, it's so decent. And about what, what we're bringing decency back or what was that? We have a great, a, a great exhibit in this report, Chris, where you have the tweet from Jill saying decency is on the ballot. Yes. And then you have Hunter receiving a foot job from a 19-year-old <laughs> that he flew in from California. While smoking crack. So we, we do the side-by-side. The genitalia is blurred out with his crack teeth, but we have decency is on the ballot. Then uh, Hunter getting a foot job. Um, <laughs> so it's it's insanity. 
What um, happened to Joey's first wife? She died in a car wreck. I'm trying to look at these people. Well, uh, let's start. Let, let's let's do it a little systematically here. So Frankie Biden, since we're already on yeah. the conversation and on the topic, what is um, is he does he have a major role in the uh, in the operation of the family business? Think of think of the Bidens. We compare him to a pack of hyenas. Mm-hmm. So think of a feeding a feeding frenzy among hyenas. Frankie never gets the best cut of meat. He always to to use a, a, a you know another term that people use on the farm. He always gets the hind tit. If he's if if there's a litter of, of puppies, Frankie never gets the you know the teat with the most milk. So he's not getting the fresh cut of the Chinese private equity deals. Frankie is getting like the two dollar steak. So he he starts a solar farm in Costa Rica with government funding. He runs a charter school scam out of Florida that has like a twenty two percent graduation rate and other grifty things. By the way, this guy to our uh, on information and belief, doesn't have a college degree. He said he went to uh, Cornell and mm-hmm. San Francisco State, and they won't confirm that he even attended. So this guy, this guy's just bounced around. Like Frankie is a total, total drunk. Um, has been like has had so many liens placed against him. Sorry about that. Is it fun? And I think we're good. Um, and and his business dealings have basically uh been completely reliant on government funding so he'll he went to these like board meetings by the way to pitch or not board meetings but city council meetings to pitch these charter schools and he would say you know on my name is a biden you know the, i i uh in fact he even called himself the pt barnum for these kids he was just selling these charter schools as a solution for poor inner city blacks and so we made a hilarious meme of of uh, of, of frankie holding joey as pt barnum you know because pt barnum was this was this guy who uh, he was part of the circus right mm-hmm. he, his famous quote is there's a sucker born every minute so pt barnum is i think a great analogy for frankie he called himself the pt barnum for these for these kids and i think he's just a huckster salesman he lives in a home that that is owned by his partner's um parents in lake in in Lake Worth, Florida, on uh, Heath Drive, and uh, you know Frankie has an unacknowledged daughter who's a uh, who's a nurse in Virginia, and then he's got Elena who works, by the way, at NBC, part of the fake news industrial oh, wow. complex. So the president's niece works at NBC, and uh, nobody talks about it. But yeah, Frankie is by far the stupidest one. I've read in there, and I've read every single thousand, uh, like every single email, all all hundred twenty eight thousand. So I've I know what these people would respond with most of the time. It's very weird. I could actually text as Hunter, and in fact, I have with a couple <laughs> with a couple of the foreign hookers to get them to talk. I posed, I posed as uh, as Robert, right? So anybody can be named Robert, but they uh, they they're the ones who associated me with Hunter. I can't say that I did, but I, I know Hunter's vernacular. I know when he's I, I so like in emails. I know when he's high. I know when he's when he's uh, when he's uh, not high. It's he has different moods. You're basically and, like Santa Claus. When you read so much of somebody's life in correspondence. You get to know how they would respond. So sure. it doesn't surprise me that he had the, that he had these attorneys, um, you know, send these ridiculous letters uh, to us. So that's Frankie. If you're wondering, okay. yeah. If, let's... If, if if anybody, go- oh, by the way, Frankie had his own Chappaquiddick-like experience. Joe's entire oh, really? goal was to be John F. Kennedy. He wants to be. He wants the Bidens to be the Kennedy clan. And Frankie uh, was he, he rented a car in the '90s with a bunch of friends in California. It's a Jaguar convertible. He was in the passenger seat. His friend was going 80 in a 30 and crushed a father of two, killed him on the spot. Frankie's like in in court documents. Frankie is telling it uh, was telling the driver, "Keep going, keep going." So this is all laid out. He was actually uh, uh, there was a Lee in placed on him. 
it, the gentleman who was killed uh, in the Daily Mail did some great reporting on this in 2020. The man who was killed named Michael Albano. He has two girls. Uh, for 20 years, Frankie didn't pay them a cent. There's like multi, like more than a hundred thousand uh, dollars is owed to these to the daughters of Michael Albano, and Frankie didn't pay. And the only reason why he's on a payment plan now is because Joe was running for president, and they didn't want the story to get out big league. So it's it's all ridiculous. So why do I bring up the Kennedys? Well, Joey got his wish in more than one way. That's the way I put it in the report. Joey became the resident, and Frankie had a had a had a body uh, come up, and uh, and it's it's just. So like Ted, right? Ted Ted drowned that girl, didn't go back for her, mm-hmm. at least, and then lied about where he was in Chappaquiddick. So, yeah, the Bidens have their own Chappaquiddick-like fiasco. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to the Valerie Biden branch of this tree. So Valerie is the second in line. So Joey is the canonical oldest child, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, every single job that these three siblings of his had has been related to Joey's public office. Every single one. The only one that wasn't was before Joey was in office, and that was Valerie's job as a teacher. And now she's the head of the Biden Institute of Public Policy. You know what her qualifications are? That she's Joey's sister. That's it. She runs a she runs a think tank. Well, it's- they're not real think tanks either, so <laughs> you know what I mean. But the whole like, thing is an against, act. Nothing against elementary school teachers. My sister was one before she, you know, before she had her baby. So I love them in general. They're very mm-hmm. kind people. But it, my sister's not wanting to run a, a think tank, right? She wants to be a mom and a teacher. So it's so ridiculous. Valerie's married to Joe's law school classmate, but before she married him, she married uh, another guy named Bruce Owens, who she got a divorce from. They didn't have any children. Two but- Owenses. Uh, uh, she's, excuse me, Bruce Saunders. Excuse me. I was okay. looking at I was looking at uh, you, Jack Owens' name on the family tree while saying Bruce. But yeah, uh, Bruce Saunders is a, a horse trainer, much more down to earth. Talked to me on the phone, answered my call. I asked him uh, I could because I couldn't find their divorce date. I could find their marriage date online through newspapers.com, but I couldn't find their divorce date. And I wanted to get every PI, piece of PII I could get. So I called Bruce Saunders up and asked him, hey, are you the guy that was married to Valerie Biden's uh, you know, uh, to Valerie Biden, Joe Biden's sister. And he's like, yeah, I actually live with him for a time. So after Joey B's first wife died, Valerie and Bruce lived with him. And then they got a divorce and, and Valerie married Joe's law school classmate. Um, they have three children, uh, Missy, Cuff, and Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cuff has been an attorney in LA, probably lived minutes from you. He's been out there for more than a decade. He's the one who was married to that uh housewives of orange county oh megan king he was married to her for like 60 days and got a divorce we put that in the report thought it was hilarious. temporary housewives yeah <laughs> she was one who was married to jim edmonds you know jim edmonds the, the baseball, baseball player, player. Yes. wasn't he like center fielder for the angels yes and the cardinals good good memory so that's right he was a cardinal uh, as well so i'm a Ms. pirates fan so i had to be tortured by him for a, a good long time yes edmonds was a good he, i always told my dad my dad didn't want me to Swing uppercut, but Jim Edmonds always got away with it. My dad was like, "Yeah, because he's a freaking pro, and you're, and you're, <laughs> and you're seven years old." But Missy <laughs> Owens and uh, Casey both worked in 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 the administration for, uh, under Hussein. So Joe has this fiction. He always says that none of my family worked in government. You know, we we keep an arm's length. It's like, dude, both of your nieces are like two hundred feet from you in the Commerce Department. Uh, Casey was actually the special coordinator for the U.S. China talks. Uh, when uh, Timothy Geithner was the Treasury Treasury Secretary. So all of Joe's family has been connected. Like Cuff, even though he's a lawyer in L.A., he set up his his mom's speaking tours and gets a cut of that. 
So everything, and why does why does Valerie get a uh, a speaking tour? Because her brother's the president again. Meaning she doesn't produce anything else. It's not like Valerie isn't is is an academic or, or writing independent reports. Mm-hmm. She's not putting anything out. She's just that's her brother. It's it's really like a third world country where the families of the um the the families of the people just get gigs because that's that's how it goes. Well, um, they've got to find something productive for everybody in the family to do. I mean, you've got the power, well, productive right? Productive in the sense that it brings in money. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. You got to monetize it, and they're able, as we were talking about, to just do the favor trading. Hey, I need a job for this kid. I need a job for this kid who's just leaving college. Like, let's figure out what we can do for one another. And I'm going to set my kid on a path to great financial success. And of course, you know, when called upon, we're going to need you. But yeah, it's disgusting, though. Yeah, they don't care. I mean, it's it's interesting too because we're talking about the political movement that uh, emphasizes the problems with privilege and the problems with nepotism and the fact that people from marginalized communities or underprivileged people need to get these great jobs. You know, we need to clear out the executive staff of all of these companies through Me Too or through whatever else. Let's clear all that out, replace it with diversity hires for DEI and ESG. And this is what's gonna help us implement the global agenda worldwide but we also need to make sure that we have enough places left for all the people we owe favors to. So it's going to be all the DEI hires and then everybody we owe favors and nobody to. Nobody knows how to do anything. And you're left yeah. with people who know nothing. It's a, it, it, but think about all the research that went into Trump's family. And we're the only group to have even dug into like the president's sister who's still going on a book tour. It's, it was called like Growing Up Biden. And think about it this way, Chris, too. None of these people are particularly sharp. There was an interview that Valerie did on her book tour. And a book that she didn't write, of course. Of course not. It totally ghostwritten. It'd be like me coming here because I'm talking about this report. It'd be like me just totally. Like Drew Jubera wrote your report. Valerie was like, you know, they and I, I posted on my Telegram channel. You can go look. It was valerie defending hunter she was like they really need to um you know they really need to just to lay off hunter he was on the board of world hunger or something like that and it was the world food program but well and he was on the bo biden foundation to protect (laughs) children children. bo biden foundation for the protection of children that is astounding a smack in the face to any thinking person at this point the chairwoman of that hallie biden who again shared bank accounts with hunter and received some of the Chinese cash. She accused Hunter of being sexually inappropriate with her own daughter yes. for months at a time. That yeah. takes up 28 pages in this report because people always ask me, is there videos of Hunter having sex with underage girls? No, but there's years of allegations from his own family members and the, the sitting president of the United States was aware of these allegations that, uh, that Hallie accused Hunter of, quote, walking around naked, smoking crack, and FaceTiming with girls naked around his 13-year-old niece. That's what the president's daughter-in-law said about the president's granddaughter concerning his son. One of the things that's um, really shocking to me about this whole affair is that everyone around Joe Biden in 2020 knew that all this was true. Yes. Right? There's that, And that's the thing that people have to understand, right? When we're getting all the heat, from the left about how these are conspiracy theories and none of this is true. This stuff doesn't matter. Why are you going after the president's son? Like family shouldn't be involved in politics. Yeah, we get it. That's all lovely. That's just not what we're talking about. Yes. 
Yeah, there. This is not. It's not as if Hunter was, uh, you know, the king of like a State Farm insurance empire, and uh, he has nothing to do with his dad's uh, job. That's mm. not why we're interested in this. It's because Joe and Hunter were in this tango for decades. About Hunter was in the quote unquote private sector, and he would get consulting contracts and other legal cases sent to him, and in exchange. Joe would lean in and urge certain people. For instance, Hunter offers to like have Joe's staff wade in to the Chinese embassy about a kid's adoption, about Randy Russell's Chinese kid's adoption. Like things that other people would pay sixty grand to hire a lobbyist for. Hunter's not uh, not registered, and he has no qualms about doing that. That's that was just like expected of him. So everything is attached to Joe. Our interest in this, our mutual interest in this, would not be what it is if if Joe weren't there. It is an interesting human, uh, you know, human tragedy, mm-hmm. but uh, we're interested in it because he he holds a public office and we pay for Joe Biden's salary every year. It's uh, really astonishing. You know, it would be nice if uh, the people in public office were actually there to do their jobs and serve the taxpayers who do pay their salaries and uphold the oath that they actually swear themselves to, you know, we have, we just assume now that our politics are going to be completely corrupt and completely unfair. And you hear it from both sides, you know, you hear it from the right and the left. And I think that the right and left paradigm and the Democrat Republican paradigm is totally dead. I think it makes no sense at all. I think it's basically sovereign nationalists against the global communists. Right. Um, But everybody knows that politics are corrupt And it is the acceptance of that idea that then allows people to just excuse when there's actually corruption. Yeah, when we have proof of it. Both sides do it. Well, hey, it depends. Are the both sides Democrat, Republican, or are the both sides the uniparty versus people who want to have sovereign nations and be sovereign individuals? Because on that side, there's not all that much corruption. You know, it's on the uniparty side. It doesn't matter if they're Democrats or Republicans. This is favor trading together. You know, they will do things just to please more powerful people in the hopes that those powerful people will one day return the favor. It's a very good And that's point. how the town runs. It's a very good point. It's the same way Hollywood runs, by the way. And it, it makes this charge from Hunter's attorneys that we're political operatives so stupid. Because guess yes, what, Chris? There's Republicans in this just as much as Democrats. None of this could even happen without complicit Republicans. Of course not. Because – If the Republicans weren't complicit, they would just simply go after this stuff. It's the same thing with the election fraud. You know, you don't expect the Democrats to take up the cause, but the Republicans are the ones who have actually made it impossible to get anywhere on those issues. They could have initiated investigations in Georgia and Florida and Arizona, you know, in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. They could have had investigations in any of these states. It doesn't matter if it was one of those battleground states. We know that there is election fraud in every state around the country, and any Republican governor, any Republican legislator, le- legislature could have gone directly after it. And some brave people did, but for the most part, people didn't. And they held up the investigations. They thwarted the audits. And we are still dealing with an oh. illegitimate regime that also just happens to be politically corrupt and compromised to our actual foreign adversaries in the lead up to a kinetic World War III. And we have people just pretending like this stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, It doesn't matter what's in this report. I encourage everybody to actually read this report. <laughs> it takes eight hours total, roughly, 
to get through the whole thing. Right. And you can go back. You can spend time on each of the exhibits. You can go through the footnotes that yeah, are all, you don't read that are all every linked footnote, in the online version. Yeah. But at that point, and you will know what free. you're yeah, you'll know what you're actually dealing with. And it's like, why not just take eight hours out of your life and do something nice for the country by trying to understand what you're actually dealing with? So you can talk about it with your friends and neighbors when they say, oh, no, it's not a big deal. Those are just rumors. That's just Fox News talking. Fox News? Like, we don't watch Fox News. Yeah. It's crazy that people even believe we still do. Yeah, and they were going to have they were going to have me on. Uh, Fox was. Fox Nation. Ah. Their streaming service was going to have me on for a show called Who is Hunter Biden Season 3. Mm. And then their their front office got involved and rescinded the invitation, literally. They they uh, invited me. To, had the I have the emails and text messages to prove it. And then they said they don't have any space anymore. I mean, people <laughs> don't understand that we consider Fox News controlled opposition. Yeah, like, and there's Fox other people News on the Christian on right. You're all's team. That's not on our team. I know. And, and everybody on Twitter is like, you heard that on Fox News. I'm like, I promise you I didn't hear it on Fox News. Yeah. I wish I was hearing it on Fox News. I wish that we weren't the sorts of people that have to tell other people about these sorts of things. Yeah, and I wish that um, Fox would hire non, you know, non-stooges, like non, uh, like uh, fire Drala Rivera is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and, and, and get people I mean, who think clearly. And I can, I can. Uh, what a preposterous clown. Well, I, I, I know I, I. I'm probably going to send a copy to his wife and uh, I have given a copy to Tucker. Somebody said, give a copy to Tucker. I've emailed him and his son, uh, uh, the online version of this report, along with every single member of Congress, certain members of Congress have physical copies, um, but they've all gotten it digitally. And anybody who has an internet connection has had it since October. Do you feel like there are external factors? Um, and I don't necessarily mean just controlled opposition factors, but external factors in terms of the pace of release and disclosure of information when it comes to something like the Twitter files. I look at the Twitter files and what I see as those are being released is not a natural journalism process where they were just handed over these mountains of data from Twitter and they poured through it all and then published these certain pieces that just happened to align with all of these public narratives people are largely familiar with. To me, that seems like it's um, prepackaged in some way, whether it's an intelligence product or something else that seems prepackaged to me. The release of the January 6th video that McCarthy just handed over to Tucker Carlson a couple of weeks ago. I don't imagine that Tucker Carlson's producers and the people who run his show spent their time going through 44,000 hours of footage and then found the footage that directly relates to stories that have been seated in the- Why didn't they follow Jade Sacker around the Capitol? Yeah, I, I mean- the there are stories from J6 that probably none of us know at this point. But and maybe this is Tucker's issue, maybe it's not, but I want to see I don't let me rephrase this because the rest of the sentence was not going to come out the right way. But we know that Ro Roseanne Boyland was murdered. trampled and murdered by the Capitol Police. And I was going to say I want to see that. I don't want to see that. I want to I want to know that the public has seen it. Right. Because what we're talking about now is and I, I talk about this on, on the podcast all the time, but we have a completely alternate reality that many of our fellow citizens live in where J6 was a very violent insurrection. COVID was a very deadly pandemic. The election was the safest and most secure election of all time. Mail in ballots are the greatest thing that ever happened because they increased turnout as if that's something so to be desired. We have story after story after story after story that 
public knowledge of that story is almost entirely false. And those people all think that we're absolutely nuts for presenting the yeah. alternative version, which just happens to be the true version. Like this stuff really is on Hunter's computer. Oh, it's totally. There's no getting away from it. They've not found one forged thing. So again, and this goes back to what the lies that Jack Maxey was spreading about me and my group is in the Western world, in our system, not just the legal system, but our moral system, it's, a, it's incumbent upon the person making the accusation to provide evidence, correct? Yeah. If I accuse you of something, and by the way, some of that evidence might be text messages or audio or um, a firsthand witness, right? But all of these people who said it's forged, they, they have produced no evidence supporting that, just like mm -hmm. Maxie has produced no evidence that I'm a quote-unquote fed working with the FBI. It's preposterous. So we've made allegations about Hunter, right, that he violated the Foreign Agent Registration Act, that he committed sex trafficking offenses, that he was engaged in money laundering, that he uh, dealt in crack cocaine. All these things, though, have pictures and text messages and other documented proofs that support what we say. If you are going to make an allegation against somebody, you should start off by sharing everything. And that goes back to what you were saying about the Twitter files. Um, Schellenberger, I'm just I'm just very skeptical of how the people were selected to go through this data. I'm well, as well. Schellenberger has no experience with the, with the Bidens. He was reaching out to Miranda Devine and Peter Schweizer like crazy because he didn't know the story. Yeah. So where is Musk getting the name of the people? To, why is he picking these particular people? Because the the Biden uh, the Biden laptop Twitter file was like at sixty one percent. I'm not saying it was all complete BS. I'm saying it was the incomplete story. And yeah. so how they're selecting these people is very suspect to me. Well, I wonder. You know, I wonder if this is some sort of coordinated information operation to at least open these subjects up you know, to society's normies, the establishment of the GOP, <laughs> the um, people who imagine themselves to be centrists. I mean, there's no such thing as a centrist, right? Centrists are people who, for public image reasons, argue slightly against the leftist position, right? They don't want to be associated in an image sense with this hey, radical progressivism and communism, right? They don't want a drag queen story hour, but they will still vote and act in ways politically that will eventually allow drag queen story hour. That's a very, they're not going very well to put. stop it, right? So they don't want to be associated with the leftist stuff, but they're certainly not on the right. So they're like, well, I'm a centrist. How are you a centrist? Well, you know, I just uh, I think that fewer people should be chopping their uh, children's genitals off. Oh, that's that's how you're centrist. I see. Yeah. So we can There's walk, no we can walk down the road. You just don't want to walk all the way down the road. And we're saying, hey, you're on the wrong path completely. Like there are again, there are only these two things and we need to keep them separate. We have all these people just continuing to push that one thing, imagining that there's something else yeah. as we just continue down this path to oblivion. I think that uh, I don't want to bring it always back to Marco Polo. I try never to talk about my, myself. If I can avoid it, I always try to bring it back to the research group. But that's why we did the printed copies. It's been online. But once people, once people hold the printed copy and go through it, I hope you agree with me that it's different. That it is. Pe that people – 
can't it, it's it's harder to dispute it when it's all written on paper and you can see the file names of these things with the dates and the footnotes and so i don't i'm of the carl schmidt political philosophy camp where i think there's always going to be friends and enemies i never predict a time when we'll all be getting along uh, and we'll all be going in one direction the country's going in many directions all at the same time mm. as pat buchanan said but so i always think i always believe in the friend enemy distinction but i do believe that you can bring former enemies into your friend camp. Hopefully this report does that in a very, very small scale. At the end of the at the end of the second printing, there'll only be, you know, five thousand copies out in a in a country of three hundred and thirty million. So that's small. But maybe, you know, maybe we we print more and I get and I uh, I'm trying to go to every state this year uh to talk about this thing. I've gone to three so far, so I got forty-seven more. But uh, or as Obama said, fifty-six, uh, fifty-four more. <laughs> but um, I think it's a worthy cause because, again, Chris, it doesn't get higher than this. You have Xi Jinping, the general secretary of the CCP. You have the uh, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, the head of the ECB, the European. But other than that, Joe is at the top of the top in terms of world leaders. So I don't think there's a better use of our of Marco Polo's time than to um, uh, uh, dive into this. I'm looking at a comment right now. It said it's taking a while to get to get uh, the report. It absolutely did. It took seven and a half weeks for most people to get their first copy because we, went, we first of all, picked them up from the printers ourselves. I signed each and every copy. We packed them and took each and every copy to the um, – to the post office. So it was a very, it was a labor of love. And so I appreciate everybody's patience with this. With me, you never have to worry about things eventually getting done. I can't always assure that it'll be on the timeline that I first say so, but I, I have a very, I have a very strong moral sense that if I say I'm going to do something, I will absolutely do it. So I, if, if, if we're late on the second printing, I apologize, but you will get it. In fact, some, some person who was mad at me via email in January, it said, this is taking too long. What the hell? When they received it, they're like, I'm so grateful. I'm sorry I was mad at you. I know that you signed each copy. I'm re- I've been reading this for the last three days. So people have never been disappointed after they've read it. They have been disappointed in our first delays. <laughs> but uh, that, that's just part of it. When you're, when you're a writer, some days I would get like seven pages done, man. And some days I would get like two sentences. So it, 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 I'm not a... I'm not as steady as I ought to be. I go in spurts. I definitely know the feeling as far as, I can, as, yeah. as, far as that's concerned. You let's, want to get into the questions? Well, yeah. Actually, more, let's, yes. let's finish out the family tree stuff because I, 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 I want people to have an understanding of who these people are, right? And then we yeah. can get into some of the questions and some of the bigger narrative stories. But um, let's bang through this, and then maybe we'll take like a five-minute break, and, uh, and then we'll just come back in incorporate some questions, talk about the different countries where they've operated. Because I want to talk about Russia. I want to talk about Ukraine. I mean, I think that we can get into it, but I think the text, we've talked about this before. I think the text about uh, Donetsk is the craziest thing on the laptop, in my opinion. But let's go through, let's do Jimmy Biden, and then we'll get into Joe and Hunter's branch of that tree. Um, So Jimmy Biden is the president's younger brother. Um, he's the middle brother, so he has Joey has two brothers. Frankie's the baby of the family. And where does Valerie pop it? Is she Valerie's sec- the second? second. So it goes, okay, so this is actually yeah, the birth so, order. Yeah, here. so it goes Joey, Val, Jimmy, and Frankie. Jimmy is the president's doppelganger. He looks more like Joe than Frankie does. Jimmy's been married twice. His first wife was Michelle Rice. She had two children. 
uh, Jamie, who's a DJ, uh, and he works in LA now. He works in graphics. And then Caroline, who you know all about. Caroline is the black sheep of the family, the uh, the niece who has been arrested multiple times, total druggie. Um, she's the one who was lining up women for Hunter. He's the one who said no yellow to. She is. You want to uh, hang on that story for a second? Yeah, I, I just you, think it's funny. Yeah, no, no, tell tell us. Yeah, so Hunter so, and was. And that's what I think is so interesting about going through the family tree, right? Because you know a story about each and every one of these people. Yeah. And, the, you know, I'll just say this to the audience, and I've, you know, obviously said it to you before, but the depth of knowledge that you have on instant recall with this stuff is is unbelievable to me. Like, well, I studied it for a year. So if you if you take, right, and if it you also shows it, right, yeah. and so that's that's what allows us to take this approach. And you know, we see Caroline Biden. You can just give me the story. What's the Caroline Biden story? The Caroline Biden story is this: she is the, along with Hunter, the black sheep of the family. She gravitates towards Hunter. She's had no real job her entire existence. Uh, James Gillier and Tony Bobulinski were actually asked to try to get her a job in L.A. when the CEFC deal was going down. She's been arrested multiple times, hasn't spent a day in the clink, though, has always gotten a, a pretrial intervention or spent time in rehab. She's actually uh, been to Karen multiple times, which is a rehab center in the United States. They have a center in Florida, center in Pennsylvania. I actually jokingly call it the Biden wing of Karen. So there's a Biden wing uh, where like six of them have been to this rehab center. Uh, uh, Caroline got arrested and, uh, uh, in New York City one time over a roommate dispute, and she kicked and punched the, the, the cop, the NYPD cop arresting her, and she's like, you have no idea who you're doing this to. Do you remember the picture where she's in a bed sheet, a bed sheet getting hauled into the ambulance? That's because she had like a nervous breakdown and was like screaming like a three-year-old That's girl. in the report, isn't it? That is in the report. Um, you want to go to page – It'll be in the influence peddling section. Um, real, hold on. Sorry. No, you're all right. It is a hilarious photo. I'll find it. By the way, if any of you out there want to kind of follow along with this stuff, you can go to, I just usually use the shortcut, here's hunter.com. Yeah, here's hunter. And you also have what, Biden.digital? Biden.digital, BidenLaptopMatters.com, BLM. We have, I brought some BLM stickers for both of you. <laughs> like, like 50 of them. Uh, they've been on every single airport bathroom wall that I've uh, gone to. Uh, where is, where is this? Uh, um, if you search Caroline, are you uh, on That's the, what I'm doing right now. I love when we can provide the visual aids here because it really does make all the difference. I know. That's why I'm... You really like to get to know people, you know? <laughs> but... Hold on. Oh, I mean... It's worth it. People will. It is definitely worth it. I just, you know, I keep coming up on every page that has Caroline on it. And I just went to one with Joe, you know, kissing them as little girls. It's just, it's too gross. It all is too gross. <laughs> there it is. It's on page 626. 626. 626. Right. Caroline is in a bed sheet being hauled into an ambulance. And I think that she, I think we're frozen on the live stream. 
No. Are people saying we are? Because I think it's. Hold on. No, I think we're working. There it is. So this is Caroline Biden getting hauled in uh, to the ambulance. This is the president's niece. She was screaming at the NYPD cops saying, you don't know who you're doing this to. And Caroline Biden is all over the Biden laptop. She found her resume on there. Uh, again, she's had she was like an art assistant uh, mm-hmm. and basically worked on Joey's campaign. She was the assistant to the deputy press secretary, Biden for president. She worked there for four months from August to Jan- August 2007 to January 2008. And uh, it's. It's hilarious. Um, so Caroline Biden, of course, is the president's niece. Now we have the picture up looking good on there. Good. So this whole family, again, like I said, they're not they're, they're They don't have normal jobs. Everything is everything is related. And again, they're not like the Trumps or any other family that produces a good or service. They're not hosting people in hotels. They don't have golf courses. It's just their connection to Joey. It's all consulting contracts. It's all ephemeral. Um and so Caroline is, again, the reason why we go into her, Chris, is she's a microcosm. This is this is the kind of people that this family creates, okay? That's why we're bringing this up. If somebody is, you know, coming into this talk and just joining, um, we almost got 2,500 people. That's good. Uh, if somebody's just coming into this talk, Caroline Biden is included for many reasons. Number one is she was very close to Hunter. Hunter's her favorite cousin. They tried to get Hunter. Uh, she she tried to line up basically prostitutes or girlfriends for Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, was sending him lists of girls. Um, she's like, you don't want to go with Yasmina because she has an NBA ex husband. Like it was just she basically proffering up her friends for right. her for her first cousin's sexual delights. Uh, she's also the one who said she had a quote designer. Uh, vagina. She spent thirty five thousand dollars because she's not going to have kids. This is the uh, what a, so one one uh, friend of mine called the Gucci Poochie. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is again, we, we put it. We put a meme in here of, of of labiaplasty. Again, she's bragging about this to her male first cousin. So I think it's extraordinarily weird, extraordinarily degenerate. That's Jimmy, and Jimmy has another son with Sarah Biden. So mm-hmm. Jimmy and Michelle get divorced in the 90s, and then Jimmy marries a staffer on the Hill named uh, Sarah Catherine Jones. And if you go – yeah, so yep. Sarah is very smart. Sarah's probably got 15 to 20 IQ points on her husband. Uh, Jimmy's, again, dumb. It, uh, Frankie is the dumbest, of course, but Jimmy's like on the next rung up. And Sarah is the one who is coordinating a lot of the FARA violations. She's still a registered member of the Missouri uh, – of the Maryland Bar. It's fascinating that she still has her bar license. Sarah Sarah Biden needs to lose that bar license, and she's going to be the quote-unquote mystery Biden that's going to be named in these payments. Yeah, that's what's being talked about yeah, right Sarah now. Sarah Biden right? is on multiple. So if, if anybody's looking through this report for the first time, you're like, well, I, don't, I want to get a comprehensive view of all these crimes. What's Garrett talking about? I don't want to see all these vignettes. Well, the, I agree with you. We didn't want to do that, and that's why we put all the crimes – uh, for each subsection, so on, starting on page 51, there's the business-related crimes. On page 52 and 53 are all of the crimes listed in in the order in which they they appear in our report. Mm-hmm. Uh, the when, where, who, and what. So Sarah Biden, for instance, for example, she's listed on a uh, FARA violation that starts on September 11th, 2017. So the statute of limitations would uh, hypothetically run out this fall on that mm-hmm. um, and another uh, visa violation. So what this means is that Sarah 
the president's sister-in-law, and Jimmy were advocating on behalf of foreign principles, and they were not declaring that representation and that advocacy to the Justice Department. So in America, you can represent foreigners to in, in front of the U.S. government and be their lobbyist, right? But you have to declare that to the Justice Department, and, and on that form, you have to declare who the person is, when their relationship started, and how much money you're receiving for that representation. And again, this is what they got Paul Manafort for hilariously, right? So Paul Manafort got put in the clink, and they had his mug shot up because he represented uh, Ukrainian oligarchs. But Sarah and Jimmy Biden did the exact same thing. So uh, we lay that out. We we lay out the actual statutes. So again, this is not dis- just it's, it's not di- uh, just the District of uh, Columbia. Chris, in the district of uh, New York, the Southern District of New York, they could bring charges in. I'm just looking at Sarah Biden here, the uh, Eastern District of Pennsylvania, because that's where they lived at the time. Mm-hmm. That's where they banked. So there's jurisdiction over these people there. And so assuming we just have one non-corrupt U.S. attorney, they have multiple venues where you could bring an action. The Central District of California, um, the Eastern District of Arkansas. That's why I mentioned the state AGs earlier, because if the feds don't bring any charges, the AGs of Arkansas and a couple of other states, Louisiana being the most prominent, could still bring actions against the Bidens, and that's the only hope of any level of justice occurring here. There's not going to be um, there's not going to be a, a complete justice, but there there could be partial justice at the state level. And so, if anybody's just tuning in. Somebody said real history. That's my favorite comment so far, uh, uh, real history. It is real history. I'm really honored by that. That's why I wrote the report um, because in 50 years, somebody can look back and see pages 52 and 53 and say this was absolutely a crime family. So you've probably heard the number 459 uh, 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 yelled out. That's mm-hmm. that's so what. So how I found that, Chris, if you're wondering, is you look at page 52, and there's two other charts like this in the report. So the report's laid out. Business-related crimes, sex-related crimes, drug-related crimes. And what you do is this. You count each and every time there is a violation. So uh, the conspiracy statute, if anybody at home is watching, is um, you know 18 U.S.C. Section 371. But then the next violation – is a is a is a lobbying violation. So there's three different statutes violated in that. Mm-hmm. So the first two we have four. You add all of those up together through the business related crimes, sex related crimes, and drug related crimes. It's 459. And again, there's paper on all of these. I want Hunter. I want Hunter to sue us because we we can get into discovery and go through each and every one of these. I want a freaking jury to watch some of these solicitation videos and see Mm. that this is the smartest person the U S president knows. (laughs) This is what, this is what we're taught. Um, So he's stupid for doing every, this is, this is going to sound hubristic, but it's really not meant to be Chris is that he underestimated us and me for like a year and he's he's kept underestimating me by trying to like scare me with these legal letters. He's going to get absolutely burned. So I hope he just this is just a giant bluff by him for his own sake. Because if he thinks that I wouldn't get into civil litigation, I will marshal whatever freaking resource I have to. And the 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 trial, if it actually makes it to that, will be hilarious. It will <laughs> it will be it will be epic. Because again, the 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 cause for a defamation suit, which he says I defamed him, mm-hmm. is that what I'm saying is not true. And Dude, we have yeah. your we have email confirmation of your Venmo payments to the women 30 minutes after you ejaculated. 
Like, what more do you need, man? Like, <laughs> I know that's very uh, that was R rated, but I- I'm saying the level of granularity is unmatched. Uh, so if he if he really wants to dispute the fact that he was a for- that he be- if Hunter Biden believes that he wasn't a, f- a foreign agent for Burisma, that defies all of our paper trail. Yeah, that all against and what against- you're really saying is it defies his paper trail. Yeah, his <laughs> own know? emails. I mean, it's his paper trail. Tom Fitton, God love him, the buff Tom Fitton that we we see all over Twitter, he spends 50 grand in seven months of litigation to get, you know, 15 emails from an agency and half of them are redacted. We have the 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 firsthand material. We can read Hunter in his own voice. Imagine being exposed so bad that people have 10 years, 10 years of your emails. It's really it's really intimate. Like the, we, we don't have to go to secondhand sources. We don't have to wait for a FOIA officer at the State Department to determine whether or not something should be redacted. Mm-hmm. We have the email traffic right there. So this Hunter has no idea what he's doing if he's literally threatening civil litigation against us because it's not – we. This is the only thing that allows us to fight on their terms. They create the terms typically because we typically don't have a freaking laptop belonging to the president's son so we're left to fight things on foia requests and leaks it's like it's totally different ball game here going back to what you said about let's go through the um the the different countries before we before we take a little break though i want to mention devin archer you know you know all about devin archer but devin archer was uh what hunter called his best friend in business Devin Archer was convicted by a jury of his peers in the Southern District of New York. He scammed an Indian tribe, the Oglala Sioux, who live in the poorest zip code in the United States. Not kidding. The Oglala Sioux of the Pine Ridge Reservation in, in uh, South Dakota. He scammed them for $60 million. He was a part of a junk bond scheme whereby they kept the proceeds of the bond. They were supposed to be invested in an annuity to pay for the interest and principal of the bond. But all that went up in flames because Jason Galanis, Bevan Cooney, who we talked about before we started, and Devin Archer and others, uh, Michelle Morton, Gary Hurst, John Galanis, they stole the proceeds. And Devin Archer uh, got sentenced to a year and a day in prison, much less than Bevan Cooney. And, uh, and, and Devin Archer still talks to the Biden family, and Devin Archer still owns 10% through his wife illegally. He's hiding that from the court, by the way. Devin Archer is illegally hiding his assets from a U.S. district court because there's a restitution order over his head for $43 million, and he still owns 10% of BHR uh, with, with Hunter Biden. So he's still in the family's pocket. Totally. Because the, I had heard rumors maybe almost a year ago now that he was considering flipping. And it turns out that recently we've heard that Eric Schwerin has, right? Is Eric Schwerin? Eric Schwerin is going to set for a deposition with the committee. I don't see any. With the committee. Do you know about the, is he involved? Is he going to testify for Weiss or anything or be deposed for Weiss? We don't know that. What I can promise you is that we have seen no evidence and we have a way to monitor them. We have seen no evidence that. Eric Schwerin or Devin Archer have flipped in any meaningful way. Okay. Producing some documents to a U.S. committee is a U.S. Congress committee is not flipping, you know, and I'm not saying you said that, but I'm saying some of these sure, commenters sure. like, like Kyle Becker pisses me off sometimes because I tell him, I tell him what the deal is and he still wants clicks. I'm like, dude, you're spreading BS. Like just 
<laughs> because he's like business partner of Hunter Biden flips. I'm like, he's just answering a letter from a committee because he doesn't want to deal with it. And the information he's submitting is probably already in the report. And, yep. It's probably already in the report. So I would, I would uh, be very skeptical of anybody flipping on the Bidens within their, um, uh, that anyone, you know, is going to inner circle. Yeah. In the inner circle. Uh, but you know, Devin or uh, Hunter had a falling out with Eric Schwerin in 2019. But Eric is still uh, a, a die-in-the-wool Democrat, so I don't think he has any motivation okay. to do something that really damages Joe. Because remember, Eric shared bank accounts with Joey, so Eric wouldn't just be flipping on Hunter. Eric would be flipping on Joe Biden, and I don't think Eric wants to go against the current president of the United States. I don't think he has the character to do the right thing in the in the face of great risk, and I don't think he wants the president of the United States up against him. But he should. So do you think that um, – and this is just a matter of opinion, obviously, yeah. and speculation. But do you think that there is any sense that these people feel in any way threatened about being prosecuted in the future if things don't politically go their way? I mean, the point that Joe Biden's reaching right now in terms of um, you know, his political standing with the people of this nation, you know, you can look at – um, approval ratings and whatever that that's fine. It is what it is. But, you know, we have polling that also shows that over half the country now thinks that Republicans coordinated with the Democrats to sabotage Trump's run in 2020. You know, we know that people are waking up to the idea that our elections are not the most safe and secure elections of all time. And that you can't just go from uh, 131 million vote turnout in 2016 to 158 or 159 million in 2020 when one of the candidates campaigns from his basement and his public events feature 20 people in little chalk circles. You know, the idea that the electorate increased by 20% is one of the most preposterously stupid things that I think anybody could ever imagine. Yeah. Why Obama is able to go out in public when uh, according to their own fraudulent statistics, Joey B got like 10 more million votes than Obama is just insane. Oh, it's unbelievable. And and beat Obama in uh, with black voters in four cities that swung the entire election. And it's all just real. 81 million real legal American votes. I mean, it's clownishly stupid. And we have to <laughs> pretend. We have to pretend that we're the ones making this outlandish claim that the elections are stolen. They are obviously stolen. I mean, anybody that thinks that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes yeah. needs their head examined. Well, the, and there's also nothing. There's no evidence that that's true other than the television said it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter's group. Uh, right. The Carter that, Baker Commission. You're yeah, talking about. They, yeah. They yeah. know they put out that that mail in votes are yep. wrought with fraud. So everything that we're saying here has been put in bipartisan reports. and mm -hmm. it's. And it's been said by Democrats. I mean, people forget that HBO did a documentary called Kill Chain that featured people like Amy Klobuchar and Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton making the exact same claims about the machines that Mike Lindell is making. And we're the crazy ones. Like, if you spend any time with the analysis, you can find out that these things yeah, are true. That's a good point. At the you bring very, up. very, very least, the fact that over half of the country believes there's something wrong with our elections means that it is every politician's duty to address those claims until they are cleared up. Mm -hmm. And instead, we're told that we're telling the big lie and we're domestic terrorists for asking, and they can't show us proof because that's just going to make our claims more dangerous. Mm -hmm. The entire thing's preposterous. Um, Thank you for bringing up Kiltrain, though. That's a good point. And, 
anybody who hasn't heard of that, there might still be people that haven't heard of it. And I urge them to watch it. Not that everything is true, a, but that the yeah. general tenor of it is that these things are a joke. The the uh, the IT is that of like 2005, like Windows mm-hmm. Windows 2005. It's such a such a. In fact, so while, we, while we take a break in a minute, I'm going to put up Kanakoa's compilation of Democrats <laughs> talking idea. about how the elections are stolen. Um, but let's uh, let's power through the rest of the, um, the the family thing here. Right. So we're through the um, the last one is is is, is um, Joe's branch. Do you want to maybe work back from the kids? Because I would like to clear up the uh, the pedo Peter thing for everybody, because that thing, you know, we spent a couple of days on that last summer, like trying to clear that story out because pedo Peter is not Joe Biden. Yeah, it was a um, not we, that Joe Biden is not <laughs> not that Joe deserving Biden is of a, that name. It's just, it just doesn't happen to refer to him. Yeah, it was just uh let's put it this way. It was a very believable claim, Mm -hmm. right? But what happened was for some reason, the iPad. So there was actually two backups on the device on Hunter Biden's laptop. There was the backup of his iPhone, but there was also a backup of little Hunter Biden's iPad. Mm -hmm. So Hallie Biden's son is named after her once lover Hunter. It's an insane, uh, it's insane that Hunter Biden has somebody named after him, but he does. It's his nephew. And that was the name that Hunter Biden had for his sister, Natalie, in the in the iPad was Pedo Peter. Now, why why did he have that name for his sister? We don't know. They're like 12-year-old kids. They're goofy. They're 12-year-old kids, right? They, they deserve uh, a childhood where they're free to be goofy and stupid. Mm-hmm. That's what all kids are. Yeah, of are. course. So we're not, we're not saying anything about what, 10 year old kids have his names in their, in their iPad. We're just saying that the way we, the way we confirm that by the way, is that we looked at the numbers attached to the contacts on both Hunter's laptop and that iPad and it's Natalie Biden's number. So that's, it's, it's not that important other than Kyle Becker and other folks who I think do mostly good work. Just, they just repeat stories without it, by the way, I got to hand Breitbart credit on this one because they did issue correction, which whenever you whenever you see stories out there, you know this, but some of the people on the right don't demand to see the source documents. Right. I'm obsessed with that. So if you just see a story that said, hey, he named him Pedo Peter in his phone, his grandpa, who's the sitting resident, uh, you should demand a more thorough analysis. And once Breitbart was alerted to that, I can't take credit for that. Uh or I might be able to, once Breitbart was alerted, they did issue a correction, which said that it was Natalie Biden. But again, the main story is that Natalie Biden herself, according to her own mother, accused Hunter of being sexually inappropriate with her. So we have a now 18 year old and Hunter, uh, Joe did this creepy video with Natalie about her first time voting. Do you remember watching this? Natalie last fall was like going to the polls. She turned 18 on August. Wasn't there something with all the daughters? Is this the same thing? No, th- that was during the campaign at the convention. Okay. But uh, Natalie turned 18 on August 4th of 2022. And in November, Joey B did this like creepy video of going to vote with Natalie. He's like, it's her first vote, baby. God love her. It was just very, and uh, there was a- All there the was down a, there was talk. A, there was a close caption of the video and it's like hi i'm natalie biden i just turned 18 and somebody froze it on that screenshot it's like poor girl because we always think that hunter is a you know is an obvious pervert so 
the fact that there was like somebody by the way the white house officially tweeted that video of, of the president with his granddaughter so on white house on the white house twitter feed there was a there was a uh, a still a screenshot from a video of natalie biden saying hey i'm natalie biden i've just turned 18 it looked like a, an, an only fans video but um at the start of one so uh joe of course uh has uh, four children one of which is already deceased so it starts with Bo and then Hunter and then their baby girl, Amy, uh, who they call her Amy. Uh, she died at two along with their mother, Nelia, in a car accident. And then Ashley is the only child of, uh, of Jill. Now, just wanted to mention, shout out to Marco Polo, specifically Eli on our team. He transcribed the Ashley Biden yes. diary, all 112 pages. And the word diary is a little bit, uh, a little bit misleading because she was 38. When she wrote this, it's really a journal. It's a rehab journal. It's, yeah, it's part of her her therapy. This is part like of a, therapy a session. kind of a homework assignment for therapy. Yep, it's exactly right. I couldn't set it better. And so uh, she has the penmanship of a doctor who she's married to, uh, Howard Crime. Hmm. So I couldn't read the dang thing. It was like chicken scratches. And so I asked Eli to transcribe it, and we put it on our website. You can go look it up, MarcoPoloUSA.org, Ashley Biden Diary. And they actually included that in one of the cease and desist letters. So they confirmed the authenticity of, of yeah. her sister's diary in one of the cease and desist letters to us. So, uh, and, and again, the exact yeah. quote that that's gotten a lot of attention. And Tucker's been good on this issue, I will admit, about the Ashley Biden diary, which uh, which is uh, the exact quote is "showers with my dad." In, probably, in parentheses, yeah. probably not appropriate. So you have a U.S. There's president. An, there are a bunch of really um, like girls a total mess, totally broken human human being. Listening, uh, beating her vagina because she was so that she could drown out the sound of her parents having sex. Yep, that is in her own words. Um, and you know, Project Veritas operatives got illegally targeted for this. There was an assistant U.S. attorney named Mitzi Steiner. She is a Bolshevik, a literal Bolshevik. She or she asked the magistrate judge to raid uh, James O'Keefe, Spencer Meads, and Eric Cochran about this because they purchased the diary. Again, all Marco Polo did was found the diary online and transcribed it, which again was a righteous effort, but nevertheless we had no involvement in its acquisition. But uh, they're trying to get uh, Project Veritas people arrested and it, it's a very novel case. They're uh, they're arresting, they, they got two plea deals out of Amy Harris and Rob Kurlander for a quote-unquote transporting stolen materials along st across state lines. So a, a statute that is hardly ever used, if it is used for anything, it's based on like antiquities and like art, not hunter's mm. art, like real valuable art, like a yeah. guy or something. So it's a, it's a ridiculous thing uh, that, that, that they went after these folks for them. And she again, she left it at a, a, a home that she was no longer living in. And whatever the conversation occurred between her and her former roommate is between them. All I know is that it's verified. It was written by a 38-year-old, and it was uh, written by the president's daughter who said that she took not appropriate showers with her father. Uh, people, you know, I've struggled with the fallout of being sexually abused. People who write about this stuff, it, it really cuts deep to the core. So I find it hard to believe that Joey would just do that. If she is writing about these things at 38 years old, it it really had to have made an effect on her. In fact, Marco Polo was, I won't call it litigation, but Marco Polo was actually in a legal battle with the state of Pennsylvania trying to get Leon records because uh, there's a certain name that she mentions in the diary. She's like, I remember not liking the Wolzak house. Mm. So the Wolzaks, it's a very interesting spelling of the surname. We couldn't find that name in the Biden laptop. So we started searching for anybody with that name in the Biden 
orbit around there, around Del- uh, like around Wilmington, Delaware, et cetera. We found a lien for a Wolzak Investment Corp issued by a county in Pennsylvania. I think it was Allegheny County, uh, and they wouldn't give us the lien records. We 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 uh we didn't sue them, but we basically filed an appeal based on the Right to Know Act. And they won't give us the lien record. So what did we want? We wanted the names of the beneficial owners behind this company that received a lien in Pennsylvania because then we could look up the name of the guy and see if he had any connection to Joey. And the reason why this is relevant is because Ashley Biden uh, implies that she was molested at this house. Mm -hmm. So this is a story in any other administration. A story would there would be a lot of interest in the story of uh, somebody who raped the president's daughter. Uh, that would be interesting to people, um, but apparently not. Apparently, we can't get that information from the state of Pennsylvania. We're trying to find somebody on the inside who wants to be a patriot and get us that information because that's how we got those five stars. Remember, it's just a hobnob collection of guys that form Marco Polo. We were approached by a U.S. banking executive with five stars in October of 2021. You remember going through those with me. We We watermarked them and everything. Our little research group, they didn't go to – Judicial Watch or anybody else, they went to us, and we put those in our report. They show money laundering, sex trafficking, hunters' wire transfer payments to hookers. It's insanity. Uh, and these were submitted by J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, so, again, this isn't me writing. This is J.P. Morgan Chase submitting these documents yeah. to the Treasury Department. And there's, I mean, there's really just— And they can go on online and read it. We are The unredacted suspicious activity reports— um, can be found at marcopolousa.org. It's um, uh, somebody said not stolen, abandoned. Yes, that's in our report. Uh, Ashley Biden's diary, according to the Southern District of New York, was stolen. But to me, it was abandoned, and it was a, a roommate dispute. And Mitzi Steiner, because she's a Bolshevik, intruded in a roommate dispute and is now getting plea deals from people because, involving a journal. But because that person is protected, i.e. Ashley Biden, um, she, you know, people are going to prison for it. It really is incredible. You know, we're talking about the Bidens as this family of political access and favor trading, a, uh, a veritable political crime family. And they're not the only one. And that's one of the things you realize, one of the things that makes it so difficult to actually prosecute this and hold anybody accountable is that this sort of favor trading and political corruption has gone on for so long that they have so many parts of government infiltrated in the exact same way. And maybe the politicians don't kind of rise as high as the Bidens have in terms of their uh, success in the political sphere. But when they want to call on judges, they can call on judges. When they want to call on law firms, they call on law firms. When they need law enforcement agencies or the Secret Service, there is always someone to call on who is going to do the favor so that Joe Biden will owe them. And so when they need something from the uh, the the corrupt and criminal public sector that we have now, it's available to them. They can always get out of everything because they have people. You know, I remember in L.A., I used to have like my car guy and my sneaker guy and like my leather jacket guy. (laughs) Right. Like I have a store. I know that I can get jackets there or get 50% off there. Like I need a new leather leather jacket. I hit my friend up. He's like, yeah, go talk to Sammy and you're done. Right. They have this with political crime. 
Yeah, much more important, right? Much more detrimental to the regime <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. than Chris getting uh, 50% off his leather jacket. <laughs> no, but I, I get what you're saying. There, you have there, a network of people that you can always go to. There's a positive right? and negative uh, scenario. You always want support systems. Every human needs a support system. Right. Obviously, I wouldn't be here without my parents. God love them, right? Nobody's nobody's an island into them, you know, under themselves. That's why, like John Stuart Mill and all of the libertarian philosophers are so dead wrong on so much because we were named. We didn't choose our own name. We didn't choose which family we were born mm. into. There's other people. Everybody needs support, but that support system can, like you said, morph into literal crime networks. And the reason why people at first blush don't like me calling the Bidens a crime family is. Uh, because they associate criminality with violence per se. Mm. But like you said, beyond the Chappaquiddick event, this is really a nonviolent crime family. And uh, because we, ha we, we don't treat white collar criminals like we should, white collar criminals are just as bad. Mm -hmm. And they, they, again, look at the financial uh, crisis, look at everything else. At this point, I'm, uh, I'm almost to the point where I'm like, this is actually so much worse because <laughs> These sorts of crimes are the ones that make it impossible for any normal person to actually get justice when it comes to uh, even things like rape and murder. You know, I mean, the girls in the Larry Ray case were exploited. Maybe they were fine with that lifestyle. Maybe they gave their consent. I mean, we could have an hour long conversation about the problems of the culture of consent, you know, for real. I mean, we've gotten to a point where all that matters, all that matters in terms of questions of morality is whether or not there is mutual consent. You know, if both sides agree that the thing is okay, then you just are allowed to do the thing, right? It takes out any sort of objective morality yeah. at all. It's just, have we made this deal? And once we have, and a lot of people think on these lines and will argue philosophically on these lines. And this is why they don't care about this, the, uh, the sex trafficking and the other stuff. Right. Because that is just two consenting parties doing something that both of them wanted to do. Right. They don't. For everything else is a relationship of power except for this. Right. And everything else is pro women except for this because there's yeah. consent. And that's a, the culture of consent is a problem in general. Yeah. But it really does make it hard for normal people to see justice. We're talking about one of the, some of the most basic fundamental rights that we have as American citizens. The right to one person, one vote. The right to free speech. That's been just trampled on. They're trying to get rid of the Second Amendment. The right to privacy is gone. You know, they are stripping away rights systematically in this regime. And it is the white-collar crime that produces that and allows it to persist. The lawyer cartel. I know our mutual friend Jen Holiday talks about this. The lawyer cartel is so bad. And uh, what it takes to expose a dirty lawyer is a lot. You have to, especially if they're friendly with the state bar regime. I mean, it's, you can, you can have, well, in Jen, in Jennifer Holliday's case, they got a judge to recuse himself because he was financially tied, right? To, right. Van, to Vanguard, which owned Twitter. So the whole, in, in the, the civil case involving JP, Mac Isaac and Hunter, that judge, although she's Trump appointed, was being considered by Joe for a, uh, a federal circuit spot. Mm -hmm. So she should recuse herself. Yeah. The number of judges who should recuse from nearly every case on the grounds that that judge recused himself on, you know, the, the reason for the recusal was that he had investment yeah. funds that were associated and tied up in BlackRock and Vanguard. Those companies have at least partial ownership in countless companies, right? And so 
I think attorneys who are actually trying to fight the good fight should know that and should go after that they because really these check. judges, that judge had like $600,000 of investments yeah, not with these organizations. That is an insane amount of money for a, for a judge to have in investment accounts. I mean, congratulations on your financial success, of course, not suggesting any impropriety at all, but <laughs> good Lord, man. How'd you get that? Yeah. He, uh, and again, this was a, was this a district court judge or was this a local California superior court? I can't, I think it was a U.S. district court no judge, but, but so. everybody who, everybody who's watching now, you can go online at courtlistener.com and look up the financial disclosures for U.S. judges. Okay. So let's do this. I'm going to put on this Canicoa video. Yes. We'll take five minutes, refresh our drinks. Um, and then we will come back. I do want to finish a couple more family tree things. And then we can get into like a bunch of the questions and the rumble rants. And then um, if we still have time, we'll get into Russia and Ukraine and China. Okay. Yeah? yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. So that's what we're going to do. I am going to share uh, this screen. This is the great. Well, I mean, the greats in his name. So I was going to say the great Kaneko of the great. It's kind of redundant. So this is Kaneko of the greats video. And we are going to see you guys in about five minutes or so. have the election stolen from you. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He is an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice president for candidate? <laughs> but... Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election. And he was put in office because the Russians interfered. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Do you believe Trump is illegitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. There absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. So that was a very tainted election. And, and in that sense, it's, it's illegitimate. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. Stolen emails. Stolen drone. Stolen drone. Stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract... <laughs> <laughs> the Russian attempt to have, to have the election, and frankly, the FBI is uh, weighing in on the election, I think make the, make, makes his election illegitimate. There was a widespread understanding that this election was not on the level. We still don't know what really happened, Isaac. I mean, 
there's just a lot that I think will be revealed. History will discover. But you don't win by three million votes and have all this other shenanigans stuff going on and not come away with an idea like, whoa, something's not right here. The outcome of the election was affected by their interference. And now we need to know, you know to what degree, uh, if any, the Trump campaign was actually in collusion with the, uh, with so he knows he's an illegitimate president. So, of course, he's obsessed with me. And I believe that it's a guilty conscience. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. And Al Gore won that election. I think he won it anyway. Actually, I think <laughs> I carried Florida. Bush versus Gore. A court took away a presidency. If all the votes were counted in Florida that Al Gore would be president today and George Bush would be backing off. I come from Florida, where you and others participated in what I call the United States coup d'etat. There's no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president. I rise to object to the fraudulent 25 Florida electoral votes. I must object because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct. Delivery the fraud chair, and an attempt the to chair must remind It is signed by myself on behalf of my diverse constituents and the millions of Americans who have been disenfranchised by Florida's inaccurate vote count. The Supreme the, uh, Court, not the is, people of the United the, States, decided this election. Speaking to a Democratic group in Chicago Tuesday, he made it clear he thinks Al Gore was the winner. By the time it was over, our candidate had won the popular vote. And the only way they could win the election was to stop the voting in Florida. Catherine Harris, Jeb Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the results. Al Gore would be president. The yeah, Supreme yes, Court elected the president. Yes. Al Gore won the state of Florida in 2000, although not the presidency. But the Supreme Court tampered? That's a large chart. The Supreme Court stopped the counting of the votes, and if they let the count go on, Al Gore would have got the necessary vote. The Supreme Court selected George W. Bush as the president. He was not elected. There is overwhelming evidence that George W. Bush did not win this election. What I observed uh, as a voter, as a citizen of Illinois, uh, four years ago, were troubling evidence of the fact that not every vote was being counted. I don't think that George W. Bush won the election. Uh, in 2000, I guess that would go because I, I think it, he probably lost Florida and also that nationwide. If you invite me back on this show in about eight weeks, I think you're going to learn that Al Gore actually did get all the votes there. The court has been thwarting formation of the popular will. The most spectacular example being Bush versus Gore, where the majority by a 5-4 vote enjoined the counting of more than 100,000 ballots in Florida and essentially gave America its first court-appointed president. <laughs> I think in 2000, everybody thought, well, he did win the election, Al Gore. After the election, when you stole the election, you came back here and said, get over it. No, we're not going to get over it. You know it. I know it. They know it. We won that election. Constantly shifting vote tallies in Ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines which may not have paper receipts, have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. The right to vote has been stolen from qualified voters. In 2004, the democratic process was thwarted. The 2004 presidential election in Ohio was riddled with unnecessary problems. Some machines malfunctioned, causing votes to be counted more than once, or not at all. Based upon an inordinate number of allegations suggesting gross voting rights violations and misconduct, 
I join with my colleagues in objecting to counting the state of Ohio's electoral votes. As in 2000, the votes of many who wanted to vote were not, in fact, counted. This last Friday night, I, I arranged to meet Senator Kerry at a fundraiser to give him a copy of my book. He told me he now thinks the election was stolen. The wife of John Kerry said she has lingering doubts about the legitimacy of the election. Her theory goes like this. Two brothers, she calls hard right Republicans, own 80% of voting machines in the U.S. Therefore, it would be easy to hack into the mother machines that control the electronic voting. There were numerous irregularities in Ohio, including large percentages of rejections of provisional balloting, problems with voting machines. As we look at our election system, I think it's fair to say that there are many legitimate questions about its accuracy, about its integrity. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections. I agree with tens of billions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. The numerous irregularities that occurred with the electronic voting machines in Ohio on November the 2nd of last year point to an unresolved national crisis. We cannot declare that the election of November 2nd, 2004 was free and clear and transparent and real. There must be independent testing of the voting machines used in Ohio. I'm not confident that the election in Ohio was fairly decided. We know that there was substantial voter suppression and the machines were not reliable. The members of Congress who have brought this challenge are speaking up for their aggrieved constituents, many of whom may have been disenfranchised in this process. Treating today's electoral vote count in Congress as a meaningless ritual would be an insult to our democracy unless we registered our own protest against the obviously flawed voting process that took place in so many of our states. Voters who wish to cast a vote for president or vice president can't approach the polls with certainty that their vote will be counted. One of the most significant problems in Ohio and in many other states was the lack of measures to ensure the integrity of electronic voting machines. In 2004, they caused Democratic voters in Ohio to wait for eight hours before they could cast their ballot. They turned the Department of Civil Rights and the Justice Department into the Voter Suppression Division with voter ID laws, voter purging, voter caging, voter intimidation. There aren't going to be any more election stealings. And despite the final tally and the inauguration and the situation we find ourselves in, I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. Without voter suppression... All right, so we are we are back, and um, I just want to read a couple of these Rumble rants. Thank you guys so much for participating in the chat, dropping the Rumble rants. Kara Willow says, thank you for addressing this Jack Maxey thing. I'm praying that your 501c3 is pristinely registered. It's clear. I think that Stacey Abrams' election is being stolen. I had no doubt about that. You got to kind of, you're a daughter of eyes and crosser of to the superlative. This election was not yeah. tainted. So, was not yeah, our EIN for anybody who wants to look up is 1,000 of voters. I will not be able to And you can go on the IRS website. And uh, Again, when these case agents look up our file because they receive a letter from the president's son to go after us, when they open up our file, they're going to be underwhelmed at our, at our budget. It's going to be hilarious <laughs> when these 
Ubers in the ta- tax exempt organization division um, <laughs> look through our stuff. It really. Uh, There, it, it, hold on. Somebody's saying audio is still playing. Chris, off. Audio is still playing. No, it's 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 delayed. Sorry, the the video is delayed, so I'm probably okay. Well, if it was, I think we've gotten it out. I of have there the report now. up now, so I can keyword search better. Apologies if that audio is still going, guys. I tell you so many times, I'm bad at this. Um, T Bone eight fifty one seventeen dollars. Excellent, great information. Thank you very much. Um, scrolling, scrolling talks with her eyes, $20. Thank you both. Both of you are incredibly important. You speak for some of us just too damn shy. Much love, many prayers. Thank you very, very much for that. What else do we have here? Such a lively chat today. I love it. Um, there we go. Claire cat three dollars Thank you. Chris and Garrett, this has been a fantastic interview. Thank you. Much gratitude for all you both do. We appreciate you for paying attention and taking this information out into the world where it can have its intended effect because, you know, again, the accountability, we can't expect it from the people who are supposed to hold criminals accountable. So what we need is citizens knowing what all this is so that they can at least make informed choices and try to get involved locally fix the problems locally, you know, from the bottom up, maybe we can find accountability that way. Uh, CanCon says Trump won. Garrett is a beast. Yes, that is true. That is absolutely (laughs) true on both counts. Dirk McGurkin says white collar criminal, probably white collar criminals probably kill more people in the end. May well be true. I mean, a whole lot of people in Ukraine are dying right now to protect white collar criminals. Um, Zelensky's an actor. That he is a, I refer to him as the comedic actor in Ukraine. That skit he did in the tight pants, leather pants with the heels on, is just out of this world. He, uh, in in the Indian world, they have a thing called a hayoka. It's basically the member of the tribe that does everything opposite. He's like a transgender Indian that rides the horse backwards. You can look it up H E Y O K A, hayoka. And uh, that's what we have ruling Ukraine right now. We have a Hayoka president. <laughs> H2O Maven says, yeah. can you drop the Kanakoa link? I just dropped it in the chat right now. So you should be able to find that. And that gets us through those. Um, you know what? So we have about an hour left, guys. Uh, let's get into some of the comments from the Substack, Garrett. Um, of course. Ask him what specific content that he cataloged was the most damning evidence of Joe Biden's collusion with and sellout to the CCP or Ukraine that proves treason. Do you have a piece of... We don't cite the statute for treason um, for a very specific reason. There's nothing that goes into uh, a quid pro quo that would rise to the level of, of treason per the U.S. statute. What we have is this. We have multiple FARA violations. And because they're FAR violations, we have money laundering violations. But remember, I don't have the power of subpoenas. I'm going off just the laptop data, the things that Tony Bobulinski has released, and other whistleblower documents. And so what I would what I would say is the most damning to answer that question is Xi Jinping himself was involved in approving meetings, perspective meetings between Joe Biden and Ye Jingming. Uh this week, five years ago, Ye Jingming disappeared. 
Uh, he's the founder of CEFC. He might be swimming with the fishes, as they say, or just in a uh, a posh prison over there. But he was a billionaire, and he was detained at the uh, personal order of Xi Jinping. And what we have here in WhatsApp messages between James Gillier and Tony Bavolinsky is uh, basically the exact quote is, they'll meet if Ye gets approval from number one. And number one, and this was confirmed to, mm-hmm. to me by Tony Bavolinsky himself, to me personally, that the number one is Xi Jinping. Um, so what you have here is the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party has to approve meetings between a, the CEO of a oil conglomerate, namely Ye Jingming and Joey B, who just left the vice presidency at the time. That is not uh, even secondhand. We have that directly from the conversation participant, namely Tony Bobolinsky, and no reporter who is in the White House press pool is courageous or sharp enough to ask these pointed questions. Um, you know, Joe says that I have nothing to do with my son's overseas business dealings. If that is true, then why was Tony Bobolinsky meeting with Joey in the lobby of the Beverly Hilton Hotel on May 2nd, 2017? They met for more than an hour talking about the uh, Chicom business is uh, it, it, it at length. So I, uh, I find it very um, very insane that we have all of this paper trail. All of the, by the way, our group also beyond the the iMessages and text messages and emails, we transcribed every single WhatsApp message that Tony Bobolinsky released. Over seven hundred of them. Eli on my team did that. They're on our website for free. So it's really just a public repository of information. We're doing what WikiLeaks ought to be doing. Um, they sort of lost their founder through corrupt means. I'm very sad about that. I'm, very sad that Assange got pinched like that, but uh, what can you expect from Mike Pompeo and other neocons? But regardless, um, that that interaction itself, the fact that Xi Jinping was involved in these ventures is truly insane. It is insane. <laughs> that it is this, insane. This wasn't just Hunter making a buck by working for a Chicom. This was a front company that, by the way, went belly up. After Ye Ming was arrested in March of 2018, they didn't operate anymore. They went bankrupt. Why is that? That means the entire company was a sham to begin with. Just because your CEO gets arrested doesn't mean you go bankrupt. You might have a period of chaos for a time internally, but just because like Walmart loses its CEO doesn't mean that Walmart goes bankrupt. That means it was a total total Trojan horse to begin with. CEFC was was literally the private sector arm of the CCP spreading the Belt and Road Initiative. It was Ye Ming going to all these foreign countries, signing all these deals. It's just insane. Let's talk about the Belt and Road aspect for a second, just briefly, just so people know what this is, right? This is basically, the idea is that China or some other nation, I mean, the United States kind of has its own version of yes. this and has historically had. Uh, its own version of this, but what USAID, they do is, yeah. yeah, they build up infrastructure in other countries to essentially co-opt those countries, right? To make them in some way subsidiaries. They build up the infrastructure so that resources can be extracted from those countries and then shipped back to the homeland. And they bring in global regime affiliated businesses to operate in these countries based on this new infrastructure they're built. And it is presented to the world as if they're doing all of these impoverished nations a favor by building up their infrastructure when what they're really doing is uh, making it possible to extract the, the resources of that nation. That nation operating as a sovereign nation would be able to exploit 
those resources yeah. for their own benefit and their good of their people. And instead, uh, one of these, you know, bigger nations comes in and, like entities. Yeah. And so Joe and Hunter, you know, Hunter as Joe's proxy is aiding the Chinese communist party's ability to colonize other nations essentially. Yes. And that's, that's I mean, basically what we're talking about. That's what so they Dave, did. thank you for that question. Um, did you want to say something else about that? The only thing I'll say is that Patrick Ho was involved. That's who Hunter called the effing spy chief of China. It was he wasn't the spy chief. He was a spy. Right. We have proof of that because we have his call transcripts from the MCC, the Metropolitan Correction Center in downtown Manhattan. So he was a spy, but he was just bragging to his hooker friend there, Zoe Keston, who goes by the social media name Weed Slut Four Twenty. He was he was talking to her on May twenty fourth, twenty eighteen. And he said, I have another New York Times reporter calling me about my representation of literally the spy chief of China. And uh, that was Patrick Ho. The reason why I mentioned Patrick Ho is because it was Ye Ming running the business. But Patrick Ho was running their quote-unquote NGO. And Patrick Ho bribed two uh, UN officials. And that's why he got put in the pen for three years. Um, let me clear this up from the Rumble chat. We just got a Rumble rant where the picks – in G News of Hunter and a very young six to eight year old girl real. I've been upset by them since I saw them. Thank you for your hard work, guys. I totally get why those pictures are upsetting, but the answer is no. No, that came from uh, Miles Guo's chaos operatives. Now, two things can be true. Number one, I think that the feds are going uh, after Miles Guo as a payback for exposing Hunter. But I also think Miles Guo is very corrupt to begin with. And what happened is G News did a lot of harm because along with the real stuff they took from the laptop, they also made up a lot of lies, which is that Lady Gaga was on the laptop, that Malia Obama was on the laptop, that Hunter was having sex with six to eight-year-old girls. That's not on the laptop we have. I'm not mm. saying that Hunter Biden is incapable of those things. I'm simply saying that if he did, it's on a different device. Yeah. So again, and they also said that uh, Hunter was having sex with Malia Obama. We know that that person um, was absolutely not, not Malia Obama. In fact, she Nikki, still lives in El. Yeah, you're right. Uh, her, Nikki Laddie or something. Strotter. Like? Yeah, Strotter's her last name. She ran track at UNLV. Um, of course, we've reached out to her. She was enlisted in SARS suspicious activity reports because Hunter's firm paid her 45 grand. She was basically his assistant and hooker at the same time. Wow. She actually received documents pertaining to uh, to. So you're to saying Burisma. he created two jobs. <laughs> hunter at one time was sleeping with like four different women who were employed by him unbelievable uh hallie biden liz secundi nikki strotter and liz secundi is the sister of hallie biden you know liz secundi very well because i talked about her she's one of the most pathetic figures along with frankie biden um and hunter's exploitation of those two sisters is pretty incredible i tagged their father on twitter um ron olivier <laughs> Ron Olivier, I basically I because by the way he still protects the family. Um, Leisha just asked, "Is Garrett worth following and supporting?" I want you to answer that, Chris. Garrett is one of the most worthy people. I've known of you your for follow. two years. You know how yeah. Chris and I met? We had a mutual interest in the ghost author for Hunter Biden's uh, semi-fictional memoir. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's worth just taking thirty seconds on this. But people have to understand that political books are not like these political figures 
just getting the sense that they really need to write a book, right? There's a big upfront payment from the publishing house. And then the book sales never actually get anywhere close to justifying that upfront payment. And so what you have is this big payment ostensibly for this product that they're going to produce. And then the publisher is going to take this product out into the world and make money on it. And that just never happened. So all it ends up being is a payment. And um, yeah, let's just, uh, we we might as well, you know, now that we've brought it up, present um, the glory that is Drew Jubera. And this is how Garrett and I began chatting because yeah, you know, in I, life I, you meet I'm people. A, I'm so- a fantastic graphic designer, and uh, and so I made graphics like That's the hilarious. one before you guys. That's so tongue in cheek. <laughs> well, in in life you meet some people through your mutual through through your mutual loves, but at other times in life you meet people through mutual loathing. And I think we both loathe. We both loathe the Bidens and Drew Jubera. Drew Jubera lives in Georgia, Atlanta. He uh he's a, he's a bootlicker, man. He he doesn't he he has no clue the person that Hunter is. That's that's so funny. Juju Bear, yeah. So Juju Bear is there writing his book about Hunter Biden getting a foot job while smoking crack. <laughs> um, that is a hilarious meme. It just came out. There's like a delay on the uh, okay on the, on the Rumble stream, but um, yeah, I, I think that going back to the family tree. You know, Naomi Biden, who's the daughter of Hunter, so the president's daughter or uh, granddaughter and her fiance at the time were living at the White House. So um, there is a uh, – it's a family affair. The White House is being overrun by Bidens. There's like seven people that live there, and um, Naomi – And it's not Joe. (laughs) Naomi got into Penn and Columbia because of Joe. We have proof that Maisie got into Penn because of Joe. We have text messages saying, "Hey, I'm going to call the dean. She needs to go to she needs to go to um to 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 uh, tutoring because we can't make it that you know that blatant. So if Maisie gets her grades up just a little bit, I can you know I can I can grease the skids. Peter Neal, who just got married at the White House to to Naomi in November, he interned. In the at the DOJ in the summer of 2021, and guess which division he interned in? The Foreign Agent Registration Act division. So Hunter's future son-in-law worked in the very division at the DOJ that was that would be in a fair country investigating the president's son for FARA violations. That but in our country, yeah, he but, has that job to make sure that, that yeah, his yeah, so actual in, job doesn't get done. Yeah. So, in, by the way, in our by dossier, the way, this is the girl that people believe is Malia Obama, not, and it is not. It, that was Hunter's assistant. And why do we know this? Because we have text messages. And that is Juju Berra hiding back there. Yeah, Juju Berra is there writing a memoir, watching Hunter have <laughs> sex. By the way, we didn't we didn't film Hunter doing this. He did this to himself. This isn't like we, you know, somebody had a hidden camera, right? Like spy, spy IRL that Jen always talks about. This isn't, you know, they, how do I get this hard copy report? You want to, you want to post the link? I can send you the link real quick for the people. Yeah, sure. Um, You can post that in the chat, but sorry, go, go on. I'm going to find it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go through a couple more of these Substack comments. Um, so William said, I would like to know what his most memorable experience or, and or consequence concerning the laptop, if possible, his most memorable moment with POTUS wishing you well with the interview. Thank you, William. Uh, most memorable moment with POTUS. Oh, by far the, 
the last one, um, the last interaction, January 18th, 2021, we were in the Oval Office. We were in there for about an hour talking about election fraud. And all I remember is that the president's own attorneys and his son-in-law didn't believe what what we believed, which is that there was fraud sufficient to change the outcome. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling so sad that he couldn't get lawyers who would uh, support him. And it was really a case of bad staffing. To run a, to run a regime this large, you really have got to have like 10 chiefs of staff. It's so complex. The issues are so difficult. By definition, something that gets to the president's desk is very difficult because if it weren't difficult, it should have been already solved and he shouldn't have to worry about it. So it's very sad that we didn't have lawyers like we had lawyers like Pat Cipollone and Pat Philbin and these other zeros who uh, have betrayed him in every single way. All those people that I just mentioned, they testified to the J6 committee and they believe the Jan- the January 6 scams. It's such a it's such a travesty. So January 18th. Um, Obviously, we talked a lot about election fraud. We talked a lot about you know Peter's work. We were a very small office. We had a very low budget. We were uh, clawed at from each and every way. The level of subversion is off the charts. Between Peter, there were so many people that tried to get Peter fired because they hate him and they hate his populist nationalism. That um, it's really it's really astounding that he made it those four years. Right. Um, uh, Sean asked, uh, was. Garrett, the staffer who let uh, Flynn, Powell, and Byrne into the White House to speak with POTUS. You've addressed this a bunch of times. Yeah. If somebody hasn't heard, that's usually what people associate with me for. So what Mm -hmm. happened was, um, like I was just saying, the president was getting terrible advice um, from pretty much all of his in-house staffers besides Peter. There were people on the outside that would call the president all the time and and just say, hey, this is a joke. This Look at all these irregularities we've come up. But that's in part why Peter wrote the report that I helped him put together, right? Us four staffers helped Peter. It was Peter's project, and we were the support staff, research assistants. It was basically a PhD program in key ways. Um, but there, the, the staffing was so terrible that I knew that the president needed other people to offer him advice, and it wasn't getting done. And so what I did, because I was so close to Peter, I had uh, waves privileges and a blue badge, which means I had West Wing access, right? I walk, you can go to the West. There's like two classes of people in the White House, people with a green badge and a blue badge. Blue badge uh, people um, can go to the West Wing, you know, could go to the Oval Office, et cetera. Well, I had one of those. And so what I did was I sent a, I sent a, a URL to Flynn and Sydney and Patrick Byrne, and then they filled it out, and then they had to be waved in by the Secret Service. And I wasn't there, weirdly, when they went to to uh, to go to the Oval. I had left at that point because they didn't get to the Oval till like nine thirty, and I was I was at home by that time. I think I left at like eight thirty. And so what happened was another colleague of mine, Patrick Weaver, who did the right thing, walked them over. And so I, I would do it again. I think the the ideas that were expressed at that meeting on December 18th, 2020 were so different than what's been publicly reported. I've heard nobody say that they wanted to quote in uh, start martial law. What they were doing was basically wanting uh, the national guard to hand count paper ballots. And if anybody knows anything about the national guard, it's not under the control of the federal government. It's under the control of the governors. And so it would be a Democrat governor authorizing this. So by definition, it's not martial law. So it's just it's just ridiculous, the criticisms that come out of that meeting. But I think it was the right decision on my part. Obviously knew 
um, that uh, there's been some false reporting out there by Patrick Berge and others. Like I, I compared him to that Full Metal Jacket private mm-hmm. that lost mm-hmm. his mind, but but he said that I um, that I escorted them, uh, walked them to the Oval. That's interesting because he just pulled that out of his ass because he wasn't on the White House complex that night and he doesn't know what happened and he there uh, martial law was not discussed based on everybody that he talked to afterwards and the president's own uh, statements. So if you don't believe President Trump. You know, then you're going to then you have bigger problems than than just me. But um, I think I would do it again. Uh, and the reason why Mark Meadows took away my waves privileges afterwards is because he didn't want to have to deal right. with with Cindy Powell. And I was the, and he knew that I knew her. So it wasn't that I broke any law again. What I did was completely you facilitated illegal. a meeting. Yes, I facilitated. That both parties were happy to have. Again, nobody goes in the White House complex and wants to meet with the president and meets with the president unless he wants them to. He he saw them in the West Wing and then called for them to come in the Oval Office. I did not make anything happen. I do not, nor does anyone else, nor should they have the power to bring somebody in the Oval. The, he's the president of the United States. He doesn't have to meet with anybody he doesn't want to. Yeah, and he's also not a like controlled puppet president. Yeah, like, so, so Trump's they're going to make Trump decisions. Yeah. So I think that, um, I would have done it again. What I did was completely illegal. Um, there's been so many, because people don't know how the visitor pass system works at the white house. Like there's this ridiculous Bolshevik woman on Twitter. Um, she's very potty mouth, foul mouthed, uh, woman named Margaret Wheeler. It's like mm. the empty wheel. Have you seen this shit lib uh, on Twitter? The empty wheel. She's like Ziegler let him in through a back door. It's like you bitch. You don't even know They're how the conspiracy theorists. <laughs> There's no back door to the White House, woman. You stupid hag. Like, <laughs> like you guys have you have you guys have no clue how this thing works. And remember the what advice Sydney and Flynn gave them, and I was good advice. Is which is you need to hand count these ballots. They're not telling you the truth. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. Let's keep going. Um, other than the judicial system is corrupt, are there or what are the legal barriers that are preventing the content of the laptop to be caused for taking legal action against the Bidens? I think we've kind of discussed this. There are no way. legal barriers. The only thing that we left out of our report um, was their genitalia. I've mm-hmm. never posted the unredacted like nipple of one of the Biden women, which is just insane that I'm even saying those words that this family right. has like their naked women. on their laptop but uh no i've never posted genitalia we also didn't post their social security numbers in full um but everything else we did uh we posted everything and again nothing stopping anybody from making a claim to state level prosecutors my only advice and um i know that you didn't ask me for advice per se but you asked a question my only advice would be our only hope is to go to the state level prosecutors there's nothing stopping the ag from from bringing these actions it's just their own courage uh rr writes saw garrett's live stream with l last night that's uh lauren um, earlier this and week she's, lauren brown is very special yeah oh she's a fantastic very researcher. good researcher oh, yeah yes. dude i'm a, i'm we're attracted to her work and we want to collaborate with her more excellent and they were addressing a number of things around the laptop and new work being done by marco polo he says, Garrett seems fully invested in the laptop narrative that a laptop was left at a repair shop by an intoxicated progeny of a modern-day Caligula. And uh, he says, you've espoused this theory that I also had considered that the laptop story seems far-fetched and therefore unlikely. It actually seems like a prepackaged intelligence product, intelligence of the type that Rudy was tasked with gathering from far-flung corners of the globe. Does Garrett actually know, or is anyone willing to say what exactly is the history of this laptop? And... 
the collection of compromise on the first family because he believes the official narrative is just too simplistic or maybe convenient. So a, a lot of people do have this doubt that Hunter would have actually the stumbled to down. His question. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, every single thing he brought up was in the report, but sorry, go ahead. Um, but yeah, I mean, so in terms of the laptop, what people have analyzed is some sort of copy of the laptop, right? Everybody yeah. has a copy of the hard drive. Yeah. This the was FBI has the yes. And this was prepared by JPMI. Yes. So the FBI so the FBI has the original laptop. I always joke that it's at the bottom of the Christina River in Wilmington, Delaware. Hmm. They have the original device. What JP did, and by the way, if he's saying I'm agreeing with the narrative, what I'm doing is listening to the shop owner who right. lived it. Yeah. I didn't live the handoff of the device. I'm listening to JP who lived it. He said he made an exact copy uh-huh. before the FBI took the original, by the way, via grand jury subpoena, which we lay out in this report about the background of it. And so if anybody wants that background, we put our chain of custody, who touched it, who got their hands on this thing, who first was sent the copy in our dossier. So this person, I would urge to or urge them to read the report because we go through, it is an v- amazing story. Right. Who does leave their laptop? Well, guess what? He brought three in that day. One was waterlogged completely. One needed an one needed an external keyboard, which, by the way, he didn't return to JP. So he actually owes JP a new keyboard. And then the other one, he got the data off of. So if you're the type of person who has three laptops, you know, mere mortals, I have an iPad. And he lost his phone something like 57, 57 times. 57 times he activated Find My iPhone in, in like a four-year period. So if somebody is that careless, it's totally reasonable to believe that they would leave one of the three laptops there because he was able to use one of them that he brought in. I think that one of the things this question strikes at is, um, and Could maybe what the substance purpose? of the question. Well, there's definitely that idea out there, and I it's think one it's, that I flirt with as well. Because I think it's BS. Because look at the way he's acting now. If he if he wanted to do this on purpose, why would he threaten and counter sue people? Is it possible people are acting on his behalf right now to protect the family? No. Um, despite Hunter, not JP, because he countersued JP and. He's the one uh, I know for a fact that that JP is not, you know, being bought off by Hunter. So let me put it this way. So you guys have authenticated the information and the information has been authenticated by other third parties based on what's on this copy. Is it possible that the copy was processed in a way that left off certain information before it reached you? Not based on what JP said. Absolutely not. Okay. Because. And that's the best you have to go on, right? Yeah, like, totally. So people can have their theories about this and maybe there's no way to discount all of these. Maybe there's no totally dispositive case of these other theories, but for all the information yeah, you have the, access to, all the evidence, this is the best explanation. All the evidence points to him okay. for getting it because that's what the shop, I think that's very fair because right. the yeah. shop owner saw him drunkenly drop it off. He, by the way, Hunter came back to the shop, right? He didn't just go there once. He came there twice to give him an external hard drive, a Western digital external hard drive to copy the data onto. And along with that original laptop, the hard drive was subpoenaed as as well, which we have the social, which we have the serial number for. So, and and remember Hunter was on crack so much that, that it's, totally plausible that he doesn't remember uh forgetting the laptop he, he's probably lying about forgetting that it was uh 
for forgetting that he originally went there. I think he remembers going to the shop. But if you're this out of your mind on crack, I don't see how it's not believable. Um, well, we're also talking about somebody who's never really had to face any sort of genuine accountability. So making mistakes at that point, there's no downside to them because you have handlers and fixers yeah. and cleaners, right? His uh, his brother's widow throws away the gun into a dumpster across from a school, a gun that Hunter had uh, falsified information on the licensing, right? Brilliant, yeah. And then the Secret Service comes and cleans that up. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I've expressed that I think it could, you know, that there could be more to that story that maybe we haven't found out yet. But in terms of the the main story being plausible, it's absolutely plausible. And it may seem unlikely. It may seem like how could he possibly forget this there knowing what's on the laptop? But, I mean, it happened, right? So... Did it happen the way that it's described? There's no way we can 100% know that. But there's absolutely no indication from what the evidence shows that it is something else. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, there's all we can go off of is the correspondence between Hunter and his associates and then the statements of the laptop shop owner. Mm -hmm. That's what I can go off of. As, as somebody who didn't live it myself but has taken a sort of historian look, a you know, um, uh, historians look at the situation again. Hunter is a conflicted individual. He knows that he was his daddy's bag man, but he's also addicted to the lifestyle that his bag man nature has created for himself. So he probably deep down does despise some parts of his father because his father's obviously a scumbag, but he also knows that he would probably be dead or in a ditch if it weren't for his daddy. Mm. So I think that those can, it's just like when you, when you know, when you, I have my own kids now, when you grow up and have your own kids, you're like, wow, my parents were great in that regard. And in other ways, I'm going to be better than them. So I think Hunter has those same feelings just at a grander scale of like, you know, Joey uh, was an absent father. Uh, but in key, you know, I get to be, I get to go to the white house. Now Hunter Biden gets to sleep in the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> Um, Department of Autism says, were any log software or other evidence of the laptop being hacked or exploited, information being sucked out for blackmail, was there evidence that Hunter attempted to, del to delete or wipe the contents either prior to the hard drive contents image being taken, if that makes sense? If so, could GZ detail what he thinks may have been lost? And so we just kind of touched on that well, the only for a minute. The only thing that I haven't spoken about much, well, I've, I've said it on an interview, but the only period of time that there's a gap in the material is uh, on the laptop is from, it's only in one email account, and it's in his work email account, hbiden at rosemontseneca.com, from May of 2013 to February of 2014, there's a gap. And that's right when Hunter gets kicked out of the Navy for cocaine. And they have they ink the BHR deal. So that's the only thing is one email account. But there's not like a gap in photos or anything else. There's a gap in an email account. So and he we know that he must have manually deleted those because mm -hmm. there's only a gap then, and mm -hmm. they correspond. Well, we can be almost sure that he deleted those manually because there there's no other gap like that. And he has like four email accounts uh, uh, linked to linked on his Mac. Uh, and that time period is completely blank. So 
that's how I would respond to the funny guy. That's the very interesting. Of the Department I, of Autism I is a great name, name, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hype Man said, great questions. Uh, Kent said, is the info on the laptop actionable in the courts or is more needed? Has law enforcement reached out to you concerning criminal actions against the Bidens? The last question, yes. Um, but they're not um, line agents. They're elected officials in multiple states, not the feds, of course. The fe- I'm, feds are – this is one of the stupidest accusations of Jack Maxey that I would be working for the FBI. <laughs> the feds are gone. No, there's a couple of state, state AGs who've been talking to me informally because I knew them before, before I started Marco Polo when my White House days. But they have to get, they have to get courageous. They have to grow a backbone. Um, and that's, that's the only thing I can say about that. I don't want to, I don't want to list the, the states I've talked sure. to, but, um, I can't guarantee again that they're going to have courage. All I can guarantee is that they're interested, but again, they have to find something within the statute of limitations. And I would urge, urge you guys to look up, um, our report and find the money laundering violations that occurred in Arkansas. And they have a state. They have a statute of limitations of five years, and so there are multiple ones that multiple state level crimes that are actionable today. And again, our report is written for somebody to dig deeper. What do I mean by that? We don't have any delusions that somebody is going to enter our report in as a complaint in a in a legal filing. What we want to happen on a, in a perfect world, this is what happens: a state or county level law enforcement uses our report as a clue and then uses other investigative tools like subpoenas and other measures to conduct a formal investigation. That's why we put all the PIIs of the pimps, drug dealers, and hookers. Hunter's drug dealer in Delaware, Eladio Otero, just pleaded guilty to crack dealing, and I reached out to the assistant U.S. attorney in the District of Delaware, Kevin Pierce, about it, and he won't even respond to me. I told him I have evidence of the president's son um, Jack Maxey, he's what, what, what the fuck happened to Jack Maxey? Jack Maxey is just like a 57 year old loser, like di- <laughs> divorcee. He lives in, he lives in Puerto Rico to the degree that Jack Maxey talks about the Biden laptop. I'm all for it, man. Like I care so little about that drama anymore. He's a total loser, but he just makes up lies about me. There's no evidence for anything he's brought forward that I'm a fed. Are it's you It's also kidding a pointless me? competition because you're, clear, you're clearly doing the work. It's so silly. Yeah, they, um, tell me, like, get back to me when Jack has produced, like, even five pages of analysis. It's such a joke. So the only thing I would say is this, if anybody's listening at home wants to get involved, uh, read the report and think about the state-level crimes that, again, are not pardonable by Joe, and to think about what the statute of limitations are in those crimes. Nothing's stopping you. Um, Randy says, I don't think I've seen this one in the comments. Was the release of the report coordinated with any intelligence or law enforcement agency? If so, do elements of the hard drive contents remain unreleased? So is there anything that was on the hard drive that didn't make the report? And was there any coordination on the release of the report? Of course not. That's why we put it out for free. And the other thing is you were forced to do this independently because no one in a formal body was actually doing it, right? Yeah, I I approached uh, four different think tanks about this. I had uh, saved up some money from – and I sort of took off time from January to June of 2021. And from that time, before finding out what I was going to do next, approached four different think tanks. 
and said like the budget, the the personnel I would need, like the forensic accountants, private investigators, et cetera, uh, to do this project because I knew no other think tank would, would do it. And so I approached him with the idea because I knew nobody in-house would do it. So I said, hey, look, I know this material. I can do this. But nobody took a chance on me. So I had to sort of form my own thing. And that's why we formally started Marco Polo in uh, in July of 2021. Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody really gave us a shot. So fuck them. <laughs> right. But well- that's. But now, now you yeah. know how to do this sort of thing, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the undertaking the, is massive. The most valuable thing through compiling the report is the people I met. And, you know, there's a lot of people older than me who know more than me. What we did was go through his contacts and pull private investigative reports. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. From all of these different – that's my allergies, by the way. It's blue bonnet season here, man. On the ride home, uh, on the ride here from Dallas, I was sneezing up a storm. No kidding. So, oh, wow. oh, a horrible. When I was a little boy, my eyes used to swell shut from my allergies so much. My dad's like, my kid, my you know, because he grew up on a farm, a dairy farm. He's like, my son can't even like you know be outside in the uh, like baling hay with me, and it's like my eyes would swell shut. I'd come back, but um, I lost my train of thought. Darn it! I lost my train of thought. What were we just on? It was it was a somewhat good point I was going to make. Um, I just caught myself sneezing on the live stream. It's like 20 seconds. Uh, we were talking about, uh, whether or not there was any coordination. Oh, absolutely not. No, we, we, we publish it online now and two days after we publish it online, October 19th, 2022. And then Mark on our team, God love him, figured out how to do a read review. The read review is awesome because you can do oh, yeah. keyword search and you don't have to download the whole PDF because the PDF is 240 megabytes. <laughs> and at the time, it was like 900 megabytes. But now we have a read review. It's all for free. If somebody doesn't want to uh, monetarily or can't monetarily support our, our group, that's totally fine. In fact, guess what? We've, had, we've, we've received so much generosity, man, from all these people. There are so many people out there that can't give money to our nonprofit but can give other things. For example... Um, there's a, there was a flight attendant who loved our work, very right wing, but she she had like all these standby seats. So like she couldn't give money, but I was like going to meet with these folks about the Mm. report. Right. But she, and she would like give me standby tickets. So what I'm trying to say is that we've, we've been the beneficiary of, I'm very, very grateful and honored that we were able to put this together. And now that it's a physical thing, we got it done, albeit a bit late. Um, I'm just so, so grateful that we've been able to get the, give us a couple years and Marco Polo will be, um, you know, a group a little bit bigger than now, but we're not going to get too big because O'Keefe, O'Keefe is sad what happened to him, man. Yeah. He had a total coup happen to him and that's because he, they got bigger. Soy allergy. No, I don't. Also have a soy gave allergy. away some of his uh, control I, too. I a soy totally, allergy. No, <laughs> I I have uh, it's it's trees and pollen, man, and my eyes swell shut. I used to have to, I used to get shots in my arm um, down at, when I was in college, even down in St. Louis. But uh, for the for the allergies because it's so damn bad. I I like got in. Uh, what's that where you get where something no longer works against you? Like you tolerance. Yeah, I had a tolerance to uh to um. To the allergy shot? You no, know, to the pills that I would take. The, what are the, like the off-the-shelf pills? Zyrtec. Zyrtec, or- yeah. The, the brand name, the Zyrtec one. They wouldn't work with me anymore. So um, th- we're getting off. I was getting yeah. off track a little bit. But no, I, I, I'm very grateful for the support we've received. Uh, please get a physical copy of the report. I sign each copy. And again, 
the second edition, there were a couple of typos in the first edition, and um, there were a couple of other uh, things that we added. For example, the picture of Zlac, as I mentioned earlier, we put the picture of Zlac in the second edition because we couldn't get that to the printers on time. Um, so uh, we. I don't foresee us letting up at all mm-hmm. for the 2023 year. I'm going to be going around the country. I hope to go to all 50 states and talk about this. I start in May next next month. So, and then we go to Utah, and I'm going to be. I'm basically. Have you ever seen, Have you ever seen the movie News of the World with Tom Hanks? I don't think I have. Tom Hanks is degenerate personally, but nevertheless, News of the <laughs> World came out in 2020, and it's a guy. It's a guy who he was. It's based on a Confederate war veteran, and uh, uh, he basically goes around the hinterlands and reads a paper called News of the World to all these people. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be reading the news of the Bidens to the country, and uh, that's a great we, idea. We've rented out theater halls and other things, and I'll become a much better public speaker. Um much better public speaker uh, over time. You know, I grew up, the only thing me and Joey B have in common is that we both stuttered when we were boys. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I got over it much better than he did, though, as you could tell. <laughs> he can't even, remember when he tried to say kleptocracy? And then there was that amazing meme that one of my guys put together where, you know, like 1997 Windows, it was like air message and all these things would pop up, like 40, 40 windows. Like, mm. That's what Joey B's face looked like when he was trying to say kleptocracy. <laughs> I mean, imagine um, Joey B is, is battling. My stuttering weirdly went away when I hit puberty. Don't ask me. But it, it happened to my uncle, too. He stuttered as a boy. And then when you grow up, it goes away. But Joey B, imagine he's, he's battling. We should take it easy on him. He's battling stuttering. And Louis Body's dementia, man, what a what! And a, his family knows it, by the way. And there's evidence on the laptop. There's evidence on the laptop. Aware of Hunter Biden admitted that his dad had dementia in as early as 2018. Um, he admitted that to Keith Ablo, who's a disgraced sex pervert from Massachusetts. Keith Ablo is actually a Republican. He appeared on Fox News. Is he also uh, is he the therapist? He's the he's the therapist who tried to uh, to get Hunter off drugs and uh, pop. He basically pumped him up with ketamine, uh, the doses of which they give to horses. Hunter actually takes selfies with the ketamine. Ketamine therapy is a thing now in California. Yeah, that's Um, part of the reason why. Let's uh, knock out a couple. Yeah, yeah, go ahead if you want. I was just going to say part of the uh, part of the uh, ketamine therapy that Keith Ablo gave to these girls is what allowed him to sexually abuse them. They're in sort of a trance-like state. Mm-hmm. He would he would find vulnerable girls who had chronic depression. That's not unusual in Hollywood either. There's like all these all this new age spirituality. There are like these little mini cults that develop there. And the guys that are running them basically will have like one-on-one sessions with the women who think they're being spiritually healed. And it always ends up sexual. I've heard these stories so many times from, from women yeah, I knew in up. Hollywood. Um, Maria Faga asks, which evidence is best to uh, first show a normie that has no idea about the laptop contents? Is there a story in there that a clueless CNN, MSNBC, Fox viewer, someone who thinks that Politico is telling the truth, is there something that you can show them that would be like, wow, I need to pay attention to this? I would go to the evading paternal obligations subsection in the sex related crimes section and go through all of the times Hunter's baby mama 
reached out to him begging for help. And she gave him the due date. This is London Roberts. London Navy Roberts. Joan Roberts. Navy Joan Roberts, born uh, August 28th, 2018. She's four and a half. And uh, she's been completely ignored by the U.S. First Family. The U.S. First Family doesn't acknowledge her, doesn't give her a stocking on the White House Christmas tree. I was just going to say, and they got in trouble for that. Didn't they end up taking the stockings all they down did, so that did. no one would notice that anymore? It's like they always admit publicly that they have done the wrong thing well, and then no one cares. They, they, they hold themselves out as Catholics. It's like people – there are people in my own life whose parents had them out of wedlock, and then, like, the parents get married and everything's normal, right? Like, you shouldn't ignore the girl because your son, uh, you know, impregnated her mother. Like – yeah, premarital sex is a sin, but it's also a sin to ignore the little girl. Like nobody's gonna if if Hunter would just take responsibility for um <laughs> you know for his baby girl, nobody would nobody would point to hey you you know you and her mom weren't married when you conceived her. So again, Hunter to this day is ignoring the girl. She wants a relationship with her dad as any as anybody does, but. We were mentioning that Megan Biden is also normal, and it could be because she had nothing to do with the Biden family. So both one of the unacknowledged girls in the Biden family turned out normal and, and uh, good. Yeah. Um, so a bunch of people have asked about what we're uh, actual consequences. What the fuck is yeah. Chris drinking? It's just it's, it's water, water, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, water. Uh, Bionic says. Uh, not arguing about the laptop being real, but how in the world was it left there? We've talked about that. Forgotten. With, as Trump says, evidence of every crime Joe Biden ever committed. I know he has provided a copy of the report to every member of Congress. Can he share responses and or actions taken by anyone specific to their receipt of the report? So did anybody who received it actually take a look and invest some time, ask some questions, reach out to you? Four, four members so far have. In fact, Ron Johnson, the senator, was so compelled, he brought it up in an interview with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. <laughs> I would urge you all, we posted the clip. Uh, raw, uh, the uh, sleepy eyes Chuck Todd. What a rodent! Sleepy eyes Chuck Todd says, "Do you have a crime that you think Hunter Biden committed?" And he asked it like a you know like a Karen. And Ron Johnson was like, "You know what, Chuck? You ought to read the Marco Polo report." So we know that obviously I gave a copy to a staffer. So we gave a copy to Jamie Comer, gave a copy to Ron Johnson. Sent the uh, we're talking physical copies. Every single one of them has received a, a digital copy. Mm -hmm. I sent it to their entire office. I mentioned that tool, Leadership Connect, before. I just doused, digitally carpet bombed a <laughs> link of our reader view to the entire U.S. Congress. So they've all got, they've they all they all have a copy of it. They all know about it. Did Matt Gates enter? The re he entered the co the contents of the hard drive. He tried to, but the thing is, is that the congressional record can't take digital media. It takes only printed uh, words. So what well, I tried to convenient. tell I I tried to tell Gates' staff that hey, you need like the young guys who actually do all the work in the office to print out the contents of the laptop if, if you want to print out the the laptop specifically. I also offered them to send a physical copy. We sent a copy to Marjorie Taylor Greene. We thought she was going to submit it to the uh, record, but she won't. She won't. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. So that's through the Lauren um, Boebert got a copy. She just got. She was just pictured with one. I have more faith in Boebert than MTG, though. Um, we got some rumble rants. Garrett, thank you for the relentless quest. Chris, great interview. That's, well, thank you. That's the best congress, or that's the best compliment I've received so far. Relentless quest. I like that. Yeah. Um. I Again, I one of the things that annoys me is 
people on the right have a persecution complex as well, right? So I don't, I don't try to when I talk about Hunter's legal threats, it's not in the context of "Hey, I'm so persecuted, I'm so tread upon," yada yada, because I think it's complaining and bitching and moaning. Mm-hmm. And my dad would tell me to cut it out. What I'm talking <laughs> about here is Hunter's tactics. That this guy is so pathetic that he's like. I'm not confirming that I left my laptop there, even though it's my signature and the work orders there and I left mm-hmm. my phone number and an email and yada, yada, yada. Um, again, what I, JP McIsaac, the shop owner, has absolutely awful attorneys. They're dog shit. Um, his name's Brian Della Rocca. And what I've been telling that guy forever is get the damn security tape of Hunter coming into the office. I was telling I was telling people this in December 2020. The first time that I saw the contents was in October. Oh, it was October 28th, 2020. It's from Chanel Ryan of OAN. But then I didn't think about it again until December after the election fraud, mm-hmm. right? And I was saying, well, the first thing we, first thing we got to do is get the get those security footage because Hunter's going to deny it's his. If we have this high guy walking in, you know, with his Bo Biden Foundation for the Protection of Children hat on, it's clear as day. By the way, Joey B wears that hat all the time. Still so deranged. This, yeah. It's so deranged. So we get the tape, and I, I told I told Brian Del Rocca, his stupid ass attorney that, the laptop shop owner's attorney that, and they don't listen to me. It's so frustrating because they won't take direction from a younger guy, even though I have no ulterior motive. I just want them to win, but they don't get it. Um, I want to make sure that we hit this cause we are running out of time, unfortunately. And yeah. we can just do, do, we'll have to set up more yeah. of these things. We'll of course. do these like regularly. Well, if I, again, I go all the way through this thing. We really, like, we really can. I love in person though. And these, yeah. right, right. So, but I have to bring this up because this to me is the most damning thing on the laptop. This is a conversation that Hunter has. And by the way, I'm on 442 Garrett. Yep. Um, he is having a conversation with his brother's, his dead brother's widow, who he has a, let's say, open sexual relationship with. Good way. And uh, he is inquiring of Hallie whether or not she actually believes that Hunter had children burned alive in Donetsk. And Donetsk is the part of Ukraine being currently uh, fought over there were children right now. Alive and, there. Well, yes, there in absolutely 20, were. Yeah. There's, I mean, if people don't know, there's an ongoing ethnic civil war that has erupted with for the last eight or nine years as a result of Biden and the people around Biden and people like Lindsey Graham and John McCain and the Obama administration overthrowing the government in Ukraine and installing their puppet president into Ukraine back in 2014. And so that that is part of what has sparked this conflict mm-hmm. that everybody calls Russia's brutal invasion. But this is, you know, you know, I think people can probably see it. It might be small on the screen, but hopefully you can read some of it here. Hunter's text messages. He says, uh, you stupid fucking cunt. Yes. Everything they've written about me is true. Otherwise, they never would have written it. Hmm. And he's, he's being, obviously sarcastic. being sarcastic there, yeah. right? And she writes, stop, because Hunter is trying to emotionally manipulate her, as he always does. Hunter's relationships, as you can see in the text messages of this report, are consistently emotionally manipulative with girls. He is, or not with girls, with women, sorry. He is, um, 
And I guess, you know, whatever the hookers Natalie, are called. Yeah. Right. Whatever Natalie was, but a minor. But he mostly manipulates her, too. Totally. This is how he operates because he's a narcissist and sociopath. Um, he says, makes me wonder, Hallie, how far would you go? And she says, me? What are you talking about? He says, so you believe I've had children burned alive in Donetsk or that I had people murdered in Beijing, killed ch- children killed in Donetsk, Ukraine. And, you know, all this is hilarious because Sam Harris in his um, in his interview with uh, Trigonometry, those normie dorks that host that podcast, he straight up said if Hunter had if there was if there were pictures of dead children in Hunter's basement on that laptop, I would still support it being censored. It was that important to keep Donald Trump out of the presidency. So what we have here in this text message is Hunter and the woman he's in this weird, perverse relationship with, he believes that she believes that, right? Like, maybe it's all wrong, but he believes that the closest woman to him in his life believes that he may have had children burned alive in Donetsk. Yeah. And, and people murdered in Beijing. Yeah, because she called his, quote, business uh, deal shady. That first text message is like, ooh, shady business deals. Um, and one of our favorite quotes, and we, we always quote Hunter, it said, I've never done a dishonest business transaction in my life. I'm the most ethical man you will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> it's about as big as Joe saying he's the smartest man ever. Yes. So in the way he way he talks to the women, I mean, if I – uh, you stupid fucking cunt. Yeah. Imagine if I said that, uh, again, I, I, I called a, uh, a former Trump aide, a hoe, which she was Alyssa for And guess what I predicted? I said, she will be on the view within two months. And she was on the view within six weeks. <laughs> so yes, there's a lot of fake news articles about me. How about, First of all, they want equality, and then when I treat them like I would a guy who's crossed the president, they're like, "No, no, 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 you can't do that, right?" Like if I, if, 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 yeah, there's always got to be a reason to shut you up, and they'll yeah, select I, among their reasons. I would say the exact same things to a dude who betrayed President Trump, like Alyssa mm-hmm. Farah, but it, they won't care about that. But right. they, they want the they want equality in the workforce. Uh, I'm talking the global left with women, but then when we treat them like we would treat a dude it's like unacceptable mm-hmm. it's so but they don't say anything if i treat a dude like that these are people who operate by double standards yeah um okay so we're we have to uh yes. wrap up and we will have to continue this at i'm gonna some get some point. bar this austin barbecue man mm-hmm. but i'm i like it. i'm so i'm so grateful we've been wanting to do this since mm-hmm. the reports released um uh guess what i hope no i hope you personally know now that maybe I don't do everything all the time, but I always, I always do it. Man, so I appreciate you, you hosting me. This is a good setup you have here. Let me just say, you know, on, on my own behalf, and we've discussed this before, but man, you know, watching people attack you online is so silly to me. Like, I do not know a person who operates um, more consistently by principle than you honestly i mean you are you are uh very um like steadfast in your faith and you understand that like you have a purpose and you're actually serving something greater than yourself well, and that i'm and not infallible not, if i mess up yeah no one and no one is well yeah I, we put this at the at the beginning of the report remember hunter's threats to me today didn't didn't mention this Errors are the fault of the authors alone, and if they are identified, will be it will be amended immediately. So, if anybody reads these six hundred pages and finds out 
that I've done something wrong, I'll fix it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think the stuff from Maxi and the stuff from this, these other folks, they don't talk to me face to face. Like they just, they just bitch from afar. So, cause I'm very, very reasonable. If somebody brings proof that I've messed up, obviously I'm going to fix it. So yeah. I, yeah. but what I'm trying to say is I think a lot of the criticism is that I'm cocky. It's total bullshit. I'm more honest than anything. I'll tell you exactly what I'm bad at. People aren't, uh, people don't know how to listen to someone just telling them the direct truth as they see it. And that's one of the problems with Trump. Like people don't yeah, know how to listen to Donald Trump. I've had this conversation recently with people and said, you know, we being good liberals, right? Because I used to be one. Um, you know, we have this idea that people with heavy Southern accents are stupid, right? And a uh, and an urban black accent, you know, liberals can do their whole Black Lives Matter thing all they want. They hear that accent. They're like, oh, there's no reason to pay attention to that, that person. Someone with a, uh, a strong Mexican accent or Central American or South American. Nope, that person shouldn't shouldn't and can't be listened to. If they were worth listening to, they would speak like a college educated American who has made it their life's effort to speak in a certain way. Donald Trump doesn't do that. So liberals think they don't have to take Donald Trump seriously. The idea that Donald Trump is stupid is mind-blowing to me. I know. He has, I mean, even just winning the presidency, even if it was only that, how in the world can people just pretend that he can take out uh, the Bush political dynasty, the McCain political dynasty, the Clinton political dynasty, all at the same time, as a stupid guy, I know no wars, great- incredible economy. Probably the most historically, it'll go down as one, one of, of the most significant yeah. presidents in American history. I believe that, and uh, that's a very good point. The you second made. time is going to be even better. <laughs> it'll be it'll be so epic. I don't want to go back to the White House. I want to go to the DOJ or the ODNI. Man, I I'm I think unless we fix those, the White House staffing is. The White House having is not as important as the ODNI and the DOJ. Very interesting. All right. So thanks for um, your time. Yeah, let's get you out of here. Uh, let's go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you, where they can donate, where they can get a hard copy of the report. Yeah. So everything that you could ever want to know about our group is just on our website, marcopolousa.org. And Hunter's attorney mistakenly called us Marco Polo USA uh, today. And the reason why he did is because we didn't ha- we had like $150 in our bank account when we were buying the domain name and so marco polo was going to cost us like $15,000 <laughs> and so i couldn't get that so i was thinking okay what the hell do we call our website and i said well just put usa at the end see if that's available and it was like 299 so our our website is marco polo usa but we're just marco polo but i it, i think it could have been uh serendipitous because we could start like I, I think a couple of my foreigner friends might want to might want to start a Marco Polo uh, nonprofit group in their country. That's awesome. Like maybe you know Marco Polo Brazil or something like that. So maybe it was God just panning stuff out for us in the future. But I really appreciate this. You know I'm going to be preaching gospel small G the rest of the year about this. Um, we finally have an attorney. Marco Polo, uh, Marco Polo finally has an attorney. We didn't have one for 18 months. We didn't need one, but we'll see where things go with Hunter. Can you imagine a civil trial, man? It would be delicious. <laughs> We're going to respond to that letter with all the hookers' names and contact information for his attorney to contact to prove that they um, getting throttled can't even log in the Marco Polo USA on Facebook. Oh. I'm sorry. MarcoPoloUSA.org. Yes, sir. Thank you.
All right, brother. Well, that was, uh, it's great to, uh, finally be able to do this and we'll continue it. Hey, thank you guys all for for tuning in. We had a very good steady 2.2 thousand people. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, guys, the best thing you can always do is be a force multiplier and push information out, put the information in front of people, especially now, you know, it's been long enough. People are becoming open to some of this because they're realizing that they were lied to. The best thing you can do is share this stuff and at least give them the opportunity. Tell them why it's important for them to know and then allow them to explore and they will come around on their own time. So then yeah. Yeah. thank you very thank much. you very much, man. We'll see you guys soon. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode, and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com, and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree.com slash moderator. And I'll see you soon, out on the range. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!